talk about board games. Talk about board games. Tabcast 46 haunts your mind when we look into the horrors of space travel, reveal real haunted places, and face Cthulhu again in a playthrough review of Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Tabcast 46 is here. I'm Fred. <laughs> Wait. Tabcast 46 is here. <laughs> bad accents. You're bad accent. I know. Nicole. I'm, Ni- I'm Nicole. Hi. <laughs> Just join me. Yes. <laughs> this Still is your wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amazing. Woo, after all these years. Well, Goof. I mean, we're getting down to the very last bit of Halloween here. I know. This is it. I we know. put up our spooky town. Yeah, not put up, like put it out, put it. Well, yeah, we didn't put it, it away. We keep it out till. Because by, by saying we put up our spooky town, you could have meant we put it away. Let me just just be. I don't know if we've talked about spooky town before. I'm sure we have it. We've done but like Halloween episodes. This year is the first year. Now we've filled up our entire mantle. Our mantle goes the width of a room, and it's is it fifteen, sixteen feet long, something like that. Yeah. And and we filled it with Spooky Town so much this year that we actually had to put stuff back in the attic and say that can't, that doesn't get to go out this year. I know we were gonna do like a whole room full, but that didn't happen either. Uh, so no, we got to it late. We got lazy. Got to it late. But here's here's what's funny. What? It takes this is this is the truth to wire Spooky Town and set up Spooky Town takes me round about three hours. To get that wired up, it was laid out, that. and look looking right. We put up other decorations. Oh, barely. We put up one picture of a puzzle that we all put together, <laughs> and then I glued and framed and looks nice. It, it does. Looks nice. And then we put up a couple of little witch po- pictures. Yeah. Witch pictures. Those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Sorry. But so I mean, and and. Yeah, so now we've got this spooky town up, and we, you know, I take three over three hours to do this. Yeah, and it's oh, I like, know we talked about it before because I I put a picture of it on Instagram last year, I don't like know. a little video. Did you? Yeah. People should check that out. You should check that out. It was it's way down in the bottom of the available Instagram pics. Well, because it takes me so long, let's just put it this way: our Christmas tree takes us about two hours, maybe, to decorate and put up, and we keep it up for like December. Yeah. This one I'm actually going to keep up. I mean, we put it up middle of October. I'm not taking it down till like right before Thanksgiving. People are going to think we're weird. Why? Because you're weird. I, it takes a long time <laughs> to put that up. <laughs> I want right. one sixth of my year to be spooky town. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough about that. Uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying their Halloween and their Halloween season. Because it, it's your favorite. It's my favorite. I know. I know. Still going to Orlando. <laughs> Nicole. Yay. <laughs> That's okay, but let's talk about some board games. Let's find out about what's coming up. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the cardboard, the cardboard of 
Nicole? Yes, Fred. Do you have some stuff to talk about? I have approximately one thing to talk about, so you go right ahead. All right, let's start with mine. First one I want to talk about uh, didn't it was supposed to come out at the Spiel and it didn't at uh, in Essen, but the they they were supposed to release first Martians Adventures on the Red Planet. Do you know about this? I do not. This is what's uh, going on with the whole Mars thing. Though? It's Ignacy Trevichek's, uh basically spiritual sequel to Robinson Crusoe. Hmm. Except it's like on it's, Mars. It's on Mars. Uh, th- there's not a lot known about what the differences are going to be. Obviously, Robinson was, you know, our was that our first episode? Robinson? Yeah. No. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> As yeah. we approach episode fifty in a couple episodes, the uh, Robinson Crusoe was obviously a cooperative worker placement game that you play on an island, and you try to survive. And it's really focused on feeding and sheltering yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, usually trying to do something else with the leftover resources you have, like build a boat or build a signal fire or whatever, right? Right. Um, this one specifically has been said that you don't have to feed your guys. That the space mission to Mars was thought out well in advance, and there's plenty of food. <laughs> On Mars. Well, they took it. They brought right. it. Right. They had to, because... <clears throat> Which is good. I mean, that's... Well, you're that's... not going to find Friday just sitting up there, help, like, waiting to help you. Right. Right. It's just not going to happen. What is the Friday that's on Mars, Nicole? What do you think? There's a Friday on Mars? No, I'm just saying, what if there was? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what would he look like? Please? Please. <laughs> like, Mar- like, remember that Red Planet movie or whatever it was? Oh, yeah. Mars has fleas. I remember that. <laughs> that was terrible. That was a right. horrible movie. Right. Well, um, actually, it was a really good movie until you found out, oh, Mars has fleas and that was it. So I'm excited about this. I really am excited about this. <laughs> but there's a little bit of it that kind of makes me nervous about it. One is, this This part I'm kind of excited about, I'm really excited about, is that there is a an app that helps track the game for you, but it tracks uh, and it presents certain aspects. So it may be sort of integrated maybe to the extent of what we review this week. But uh, it's, it's the only thing that scares me about it is it, is it tracks your campaign. Oh. Which, I mean, as, as if, if you listen to our podcast, you know that we did not favorably review Voyage of the Beagle, the expansion for Robinson Crusoe. In fact, I've already traded it to someone. Right. And I just, it just did not do anything for me. And Although he... we kept Robinson the base game because we still really like that one. Right. The base idea of right. it is, is amazing. Um, so it, it has like this campaign. It's going to have a campaign in it. Uh, and he says that it's going to have many scenarios that you can do in sequence to make this campaign. You can play them individually if you want. And that every scenario is going to make the game feel much different. Hmm. Which is kind of what Voyage of the Beagle tried to do. And it just fl- you know, fell flat on its face to me. Yeah. On, on creating a fun experience. It was just like a toss-up as to whether the game was going to change in a good way or a phenomenally <laughs> bad way every game. And a lot of times it was bad. Right. <laughs> more, more than good. So I'm a little nervous in that regard. Uh, there's already words that he's he's already playtesting it like crazy, like over playtesting it to make sure that it's it's a good experience. And he's hearing what other people have to say about each scenario. I don't think the Voyage of the Beagle probably went through that strenuous a test. Yeah. Um, 
but like I said, Mars, you don't have to feed yourself. <laughs> what do you think you're trying to do? Get oxygen before you suffocate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's the first one I'm looking forward to. First Martian adventures on the Red Planet. Right now, they since they skipped the uh, the spiel, they it looks like it's coming out at Gen Con 2017. There you go. Thank you. What do you got? You're going to be mad. I always am <laughs> I have mad. a frog in my throat. Right. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what that was. I put it there so I can control your Ribbit. speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I, I, I have is I saw someone posted a picture of the cover art for Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Oh. But I can't find any information about it, like when it's coming out or... I just know it's been in the works since before the first one was released. Right. I think it's farther along than you think. I think it's. But I, I couldn't think it's find next... a release date or anything. But if I'm I was just... going to guess, I would say next fall. Yeah. Well, and it's, see, for me, it just doesn't matter. We're totally going to get it again because the first one uh, was is fun. I love it. So I'm having so much fun. Right. Right. Once again, we're not done. Still, it, it's another one that we don't talk about very much because, because it has no. a lot of spoilers in it. I mean, there's you are playing pandemic, but you're playing it with you know a lot of restrictions and new rules and and you know right there's just a lot of variables that they kind of mix up right <clears throat> and you could just use your imagination to imagine if i was going to take my base game of pandemic and do something weird with it you know like change this to that you know if i wanted to alter something what would i alter like they even did this like just take the base ideas of some of the expansions already for the base game like, for instance, oh, there's a purple virus that's really, really strong in one of those expansions. That's something you could change, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. Pandemic Legacy does that kind of stuff okay. all over the place. I mean, it really messes stuff up, and it gives you that sort of uh, <clears throat> yeah, that carryover, that campaign, you know? In a way that I actually like, because I'm not like a big campaign fan. Well, yeah, you like this campaign because the game resets every single time. Yeah, I think you're right. And and even the, and the, whatever the changes were, they're just they're already there when you right. start the game. You don't have to do anything weird. Right. So, I mean, I I know I know part two is going to come out, and yeah. the only thing, like I said, that's frustrating about us doing it is that we're doing it with Matt and Brianna. Yeah, I'm and, trying to get set up time to actually get with them to play it. Right. So trying, yeah, trying to get this is this is a 12 to 24 game box right. is what it is. Right. And you know we're what we just finished September. I think so. Yeah. And we so, haven't even done October, even though we're in October. I, so we still have potentially six more games. Right. Of this, and we try to play two at a time whenever we get together. So we have to. Right. So that's the that's the the only drag of it for us is just the delay. That and that Matt is a maniac. I'm that won't about, let us move on. That won't let us play past the month we're on because we made the mistake of starting it with him in January, which is when the game starts. We didn't start it in January, <laughs> did we? Was it January? Yes. Oh good grief. If you look at our log, it's January. Oh, so he won't let us play past the month <laughs> that we're in. He is crazy. <laughs> Yep. You guys have met him. He's on the podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you've listened to him. He's a loony. <laughs> Not met him, I guess. <laughs> All right. He's well, a loony. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think anybody who's played Pandemic enjoys Pandemic should have bought P- Pandemic Legacy, to be quite honest. It's just, it's an enriching experience. It's Pandemic it really with a really great storyline. Just be prepared. The group that you start with is a group that you can play with consistently. Right. right. That's Otherwise, the you're going to have to do a marathon day all one day. Well, I mean, you could pl- you could play with different people, but you'd have to bring everyone yeah. up to speed constantly. Uh, yeah, but I think that would take away from the experience for everybody involved, so. I don't know. Anyway. Pandemic um, I, Legacy Season 2. Right, that's... that's. Now, it, I noticed the first sets came in a red box and a blue box, and this one comes in a yellow box and a black box. That's fine. Which one would you get? Doesn't matter. Is it Would you get the yellow because it pops, or, because, or the black one because it looks a little cooler? I don't think I would care, because for exactly why you just said, they both have their benefits of, you know. <laughs> All right. But so, did we get a choice? Yes. You chose the blue one? Yes, I looked at both of them, and I, and the blue one had a cooler cover than the red one to me. Huh, I did not know that. The I red thought one you looked just like ordered a, one, and they sent it. The red one looked like an emergency crew on the front, and this <laughs> one looks like a guy like in a biohazard suit with some chemicals in his hand. It just looks more serious. Huh. The other one could have been like, ER, the game. Oh. Why hasn't anybody made ER the game? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Everybody's always looking for new themes. <laughs> we could All have right. ambulances on Mars would be the next theme. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do right. that. Right. <laughs> ER. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, another one I want to talk about is Power Grid, the card game. Why would you even want to talk about that? Because. You don't like Power Grid. Uh, <clears throat> I do like Power Grid. No, you in don't. In some ways. <laughs> In some ways. I I still haven't gotten rid of it. I didn't put it on a trade list. I had to tell you not to. No, you didn't. I did. You were going to put it on the last trade, and I said, don't you dare. It's a classic. Don't (sighs) do that. We need to keep it. Hold on. I just need you to turn the sass down for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Designer Friedman Fries claimed that all of the emotion and fun... Emotion. Emotion? (laughs) That's what they said. And fun... Of Power Grid in 60 minutes. See, now we're under that Fred's Law. If it's less than an hour, you don't care what you're playing as much. As much, yes. Thank you for that caveat. Right. It doesn't it doesn't get emotional. So when you when you play through the game and you get stomped in 60 minutes, you're just kind of like, okay, whatever, let's play again. You know? Yeah. I am almost sold already. Just because time was the singus, the single biggest like gripe I had with you know Power Grid. Mine was if you didn't get to start in the New York area, then you were going to lose. I th- I still think we, you and I, probably just need to get it out and flip it over to the German side and play the real map. Ooh, yeah, we've never done that. Because can su- we do that? Supposedly, the German side is like fairly balanced compared to the United States side, which is just a mess. Yeah. We are a mess. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> so what is the game like? Uh, you still have a power station uh, market that you bid on. They generate power as usual, but now they also generate your money, you know? Where huh. it was, it was kind of like money before. You had to power a city, but now these just sort of generate money and power at the same time because you don't have cities on a board, right? Uh, you buy plants. You know what I'm talking about. Why are you looking at me weird? <laughs> 
What the hell? I'm just trying to think, picture the game. It's been so long since we played it. It wasn't. It looks like Ticket to Ride, <laughs> with a bunch of little cities with dots in between them. Yeah, I know. I remember. And you power up cities, but and I'm each tra- city has like three little spaces on it that has different values. Right. Yeah. You it's... can only go into the city as a second power plant once you go past a certain spot in the game, and a third power plant once you're past another one, and they cost a fortune. And I mean, you know how this works. <laughs> You know all this. I do, I know, but... Uh, So, instead of powering cities, because there's no cities, there's no board, it's a card game. Right. These just generate money and power at the same time. Uh, Players will buy plants until there are only six left in the market, and that will mark the final turn. Uh, And then you get, like, one point for each ten remaining electro in your stock, and the highest point will win, because you generate electro with with your power plants. Huh. That's, that's the, your that's form the of money, money, I think so, yeah. Weird. So it has the auction. It has the resource market where you buy stuff. You buy resource cards to power your power plants. Uh, you power your power plants to get the money, and then you just do it again. Uh, you just drop the houses, the variable map regions, which is my second biggest complaint of that game. Yeah. Was the the, the it, It's just asymmetrical in a poorly designed way. Right. To me. So we're going to play the other side tonight. <laughs> tonight no dang it (laughs) i can think of 20 games up there i'd rather play right now uh so that's power grid the card game i don't know when that's coming out i didn't check it's got to be soon everybody's getting it already same time as pandemic legacy i think it's before the end of the year to be honest oh well that's quick i think so uh do you have anything else no of course not of course not. Well, I brought three to the table as usual because, because I have to come up. I always have to carry Nicole at least one. Yeah, you know why? Why? Because this is a podcast, okay? Half the time when people say that they found us, they're like going back. And I'm thinking to myself, well, anything we talked about that was new, <coughs> it's not new anymore because it's a podcast. Look, sassy pants. not a pants. news show. <laughs> I never said we were newsworthy. Look, sass. You're the one who wants to be newsworthy. I don't. I'm going to sass say that. in your face. Sass. If I had a bucket that was really filled with some <laughs> liquid that said sass, I'd dump it on you. <laughs> oh, baby, you're so cute. Here okay. we go. My third one is mechs and minions. Now, this is, uh, I think people are starting to get this already. I think they may be like starting to receive it. Because it, but it, not it, us. Right? Oh, no. <clears throat> Mech and, mechs and minions is released by this, uh, this League of Legends company called, uh, is it? League of Legends? Mm, Riot? No, it's not Riot. Is it Riot Games? I think it's Riot Games. Yeah. Are you Riot sure? Games. Yeah. Did you write it down? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's right there. Riot Games makes this game called League of Legends <laughs> that I don't know about at all. I don't either. Okay. It's some sort of competitive online game. Like computer that, online yeah. game? See, that's yeah. why we don't know. Right. And and a lot of people play it. A lot to the tune of this is a multi-billion dollar franchise for these guys. This company is extremely successful. Do they have an iOS version? I don't know. You can go look for that yourself. <laughs> but here's the thing. I have not seen a a hype for a game like this, I don't think, ever. Like, they, they, they basically took this game and gave it to everyone who does videos on YouTube. And, like, in within, like, three, four weeks of each other, it was just... Mech and Minions, Mech and Minions, Mech and Minion video. Just one after another, after another, after another. And right. everybody reviewed it. Right. Right? And, of course, everyone... We were not on that list. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Riot. <laughs> They've never heard of us. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my first free game. 
Isn't that terrible? Oh. It's never going to happen. No, I don't anticipate. No, we could have actually, we, we, we could have had one at one point and we were like, eh, this is creepy. You got <laughs> you creeped my... out. I didn't get creeped out. Well, I don't want to give out my address to in, just this any old insane. crazy. This is, this is what nuts sounds like. I know. I was, I'm a child of the <laughs> 80s and I don't get in the van with the stranger <laughs> I do. that offers me candy. I totally, I, I, I will eat all the candy. You're so weird. I'll figure it out later. You'll figure it out later. <laughs> I have a bellyache. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be asleep soon. Jeez. <laughs> right. Then why, I won't even care about the bellyache at that point. <laughs> so anyway. That's a horrible thing to make so, light of at Halloween. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. Okay. We're not, we're not giving out. We've been watching a lot of horror movies, so. <laughs> we don't give out sedated candy at our house. <laughs> don't, don't. No, I keep thinking someday we'll have to do that blue pumpkin thing, though, and give out, like, toys or something. That's kind of, because there's a lot of kids that have, like, allergies these days, which is crazy. I never heard of kids with allergies when we were growing up, but now it's like. That's I all... would like to get a hold of a box of nothing but airplane peanuts and give them out. <laughs> that's terrible, what? sir. You're so cruel. <laughs> what? I anyway. think it's exposure that's going to fix this kid. No, well, not now. I'm just not at this point. It's too late. I looked at peanut allergies. They, they've gone up. I don't know. Anyways. I know. It's terrible. Anyways. Anyhow. Peanuts are um, delicious. So the hype wagon was just, oh my God, <laughs> so, so overwhelming for this game. And so I hear, I hear stuff like they've, they've talked to designers, you know, or talked to designers, they've talked to reviewers, they, everybody's played it before they got their final copy and been able to give suggestions. And they, they, they've really like overdeveloped this game and really over like tried to, to, you know hone it into something more fun than it was originally, you know? Right. And, Nicole, I'm weak. Well, I know this, yes. I'm weak when it comes to games, and I bought it. I know. Now, this game... I knew you would. This is what's crazy. Whenever someone releases a game, they... A 5,000 copy run of this game, like of one of these hobby games, if it sells out, that's considered a pretty successful game. Right. If they get to reprint it again and, and get like another 3,000 copies out there or whatever, it's it's what like, wow, we sold 5,000 copies. These guys did a 30,000 copy run of this game. Right off the bat? 30,000 copies. And we didn't get one? Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> Let me just sit down and drink my coffee. Thank you. Oh. I, I knew it was going on sale and it was going on sale in, in October. You know, I just, I didn't know exactly. I saw the date and I was like, mm, sometime middle of October. Right. And and I, I know what they're doing a 30,000 copy run. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just order it whenever it goes on sale. Now they're only selling it through their website. Right. That's it. Okay. Now I got on there. I, I missed the day of the sale because I was working a ridiculous 18 hour shift. You? No. What? I worked, I worked till like four in the morning. Yeah. And I, the next day when I woke up, I got online and was like, oh, yeah, that game went on sale yesterday. And I go in there and I type into the, to the site and I, I see it says it's $79. Now, let me just address that because $79 is pretty expensive. But when you open this, when they open the box and you, they show you all the stuff, it's really produced, mm-hmm. like excessively. Like you've got oversized individual. It's a four player, one to four player gamers. I think it's one to four because it is cooperative. Uh, you've got these scenarios and it's a tile based kind of thing where you're, you, this is, this is a miniature game where you're moving little miniatures around, but it's done in the very much in the, in the, uh, 
vein of, of robo rally okay. where you pre-program as a team now working together, not working against each other, trying to race each other around with little robots as a team, you're, you're building these little sequence of events and you know, then you, everybody presses go after they pro they put all these cards down about what they're going to do at this card. And then at that card, and then at this other card, it kind of goes in this sequence. So the first card might be like, I'm going to move forward two spaces straight ahead and it's on a grid system. <clears throat> so you go, I'm going to move forward two spaces. And the next one, I'm going to shoot my main gun. And then I'm going to turn 90 degrees to the left. And then I'm going to move forward, you know, a couple more spaces or something like that. It'll kind of play out like that. Okay. Uh, and of course, once everybody presses go, every, nobody gets to change their cards as they go. And every, everybody plays out and chaos just sort of ensues. And you, and you have a, I think you have a timer basically to, to that you, that you as a team have to place all these cards down and work this out. Huh. It's like, and the sand timer looks so cool. It's not, it's not like one of those, most of the time when you see a sand timer in a game, it's like a little, you get these two little colored caps with a plastic tube and inside of this plastic tube is a little sand timer, a little hourglass. Right. right? Like a little days of our lives kind of thing. This one, on. this one's so cool because it's like, it's got like these little pillars that are outside of the glass and you got, you, I think you have access to the actual glass, the hourglass in the middle and it's got a big cap and it looks really ornate and gold. You know, <laughs> it's so cool looking <laughs> toy box is what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this, that's how this game plays out. You're doing this and you're trying to accomplish these missions and you have scenarios that, that, you know, give you several different setups. It does introduce, uh, it has that sort of new learn as you go kind of way. Cause this is developed by a video game company. So think about whenever, like, uh, Whenever you play a video game, they'll be like, oh, let's play the first level. And all we're going to do is concentrate on jumping. Yeah. And now we're going to add the run feature. So now you jump farther in the next level. Now we're going to add the shooting feature where you can grab stones as you run and throw them at enemies, you know? Right. And that, that's kind of how, <laughs> how video games sort of walk you into things. This has the exact same thing where each scenario will introduce new rules and new mechanics and new ways to change how the game plays. Huh. Which is really neat. It sounds like it's going to suffer from Alpha Gamer. <clears throat> well, yeah, it is, because I'm going to yell at all of you. I know. You do. You're rough. <laughs> I am not. Rough to work. I am not rough. I know. <laughs> so once, back, to, back to me buying this. Big putty tat. <laughs> I just have to remind you every once in a while, hey, let her think about it. I never do. You do not. I do. I have done that. I, 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 the most I will do is say, you got a lot of options of what to do. What do you think about doing this? Because that's not alpha gaming at all. That's I, 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 that's as much as I'll do is just say, don't forget you can do this. <laughs> Which is saying, um, yeah, you're real good there. Your your ideas are dumb. No, you should do if this they, If they turn around, if they turn right around and say, I really think I should do this instead, I'll be like, be like it's okay, your turn. Well, you know, whatever. It's your you... turn. Ruin it if you want. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I ruin games. The. Uh... But then, but see, people are influenced by you because you do. You're the one who reads the rules and all of that. So people will be influenced by you. The time when you take it too far is when it's a competitive game and people forget. I swear they forget that we're competing against you. And they'll just be like, oh, well, Fred, yeah, okay. He just knows like, how to yeah, play this Yeah, you could game. go over here you in the corner this. here and do this. That'd probably help you out. And, and they're like, all you're doing is helping yourself. They're like, yeah, it would help me out. And I'm like, and it would put me in perfect position to win. I know. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Okay. I have no way to do that. I got to figure out how to do that. I got to be more mean. <laughs> 
I usually make it really obvious that I'm leading them down the wrong path. No, I usually make it really obvious that you're leading them down the wrong path. And then they go, no, 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 it's just Fred. You don't know how to play games. You lose all the time. So I'm not going to listen to you, Nicole. (laughs) Usually I'm telling them, you're not going to beat me in this game. So why don't you at least take second place by going over here in the corner and making it easier for me to make sure I win? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyways, back to this game. Back to Fred. So I woke up Saturday morning, late morning. You know, because I was up too late. And I bought, I, I went ahead and got it, went to the Riot website and I bought it. And I noticed it said, as I was getting ready to check out, uh, it was $79. And I think I, I had to pay like three to three or four bucks or something like that. No, it's, I think it's 75 and they charged me like $8 shipping. That's what it was. 75 That's oh. what, what it is on their site. Okay. And it ended up like $83. But it said, wait, it said uh, version one, wave, shipment wave two. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. So before I press, yeah, check out, I go check it out. Turns out that they have two waves of games shipping. Wave one was the first 15,000 copies and wave two is the second 15,000 copies. And at the point that I was ordering it 24 hours after they started selling it, they had already sold over 15,000 copies. That's nuts. Now... I think this is the thing. This is why it's it shouldn't be that shocking. It, it does tell me that I'm not alone in my weakness of wallet when it comes to games. But what it, what it te- what I what I underestimated was that this this company has millions of people, and simply by saying we're making a board game based on our intellectual property, they advertise to millions of people who could potentially play board games. And that's that's really exciting for board games as a hobby, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really cool. But it also means, I'm telling you, these guys are going to sell the 30,000 copies, no problem. But according to Nate, there's over 2 million players. I asked this guy at work who plays, and he yeah. said that there was there was there's over 2 million people who play that game. And he said they advertise to 2 million people when they put that on there. Yeah. I'm like, that's nuts. So I can't that's even... actually a really, really low percentage of games <clears throat> sold. Right. When you think about that. Right. And according according to, uh, I, I talked to Nate about it as well. He said this has this is nothing like the actual League of Legends game. Huh. He's like, it's just it just has the same look, and it's a completely different thing. Now, everybody's reviewed this positively, very positively, okay? Right. So I'm not that worried about the fact that I got this, and uh, or that I'm getting this. But Wave 2, Wave 1 ships out like October 15th. Wave 2 ships, like, I'm supposed to have it by mid-December. Merry <laughs> Christmas. I know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like I said, um, there's, like, over a... There's a horde of 100, 100 minion figures in the box. Uh, they got the sealed, you know, missions. It's cooperative. It's programming done cooperatively, which I don't have anything like that right now. I've got some programming games, but nothing that, that's co-op like that. So I think it's going to be a really cool deal. And if you're really into this... They had like an, an actual guy designed their insert so that it's going to have that perfect fit insert just like you liked on Lords of Waterdeep. I love those. Where every single piece has its little special spot that it goes into. The only bummer about those is is expansions. <laughs> right. Because then whatever expansion comes out, you've got another box on the shelf. Absolutely. Right. Uh, also has metal coins in there too if you're into that kind of stuff. Well, so like I'm just that. I'm just telling you that it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I got that. So there you go. That is our cardboard of tomorrow segment for this episode.
So, Nicole, this week, our featured game has a team of adventurers entering the haunted world of H.P. Lovecraft again. Yeah. We've done this before. Well, yeah, because Lovecraft is... is <laughs> We've done this twice is like before. A, what's that called? Cthulhu? No, 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 no. What? The royalty-free. Yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, license-free or whatever. Yeah. So you can just There's have it. There's a word. It. Yep. Right. So Free anybody can just... market? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, I don't know either. Oh my gosh, it's too early. Okay. <laughs> I know we're doing a warning episode. What? Uh, so let me just say that this, while this game presents many fictional horrors... The world outside our door presents its own locations to be afraid of. And let's find out what about that. All these games have many names. Some of my names are extreme. We played a game like this. What about that? All right, Nicole, let's break traditional Tabcast uh, episodes. And we are only going to give our top three locations. <laughs> Is that bad? We normally do fives. We do fives on yeah, everything. Yeah, why did we do three? Because it was enough. <laughs> That's why. Well, between the two of us, there'll be six. So right. we'll vote one of them out. Is that what we're going to do at the end of this? Probably. We're going to vote for the least haunted of whatever we talked about? The, yeah. Okay, we'll okay. do it. Okay. We'll oh, it. it's a deal. That's the game. Okay. <clears throat> why don't you start? Why do I have to start all the time? Do you? I just started on Cardboard of Tomorrow and did two I more than you. you did. Well, because I had no opinion. Unbelievable. I know. The games are coming. I get to play them. Woohoo! That's I'll, all I know. Fred's going to buy them. I know. <laughs> hey, I bought a game. <gasps> I bought a game. Don't talk about it now. But I bought it. We, we, I'm, not, I'm just going to say the name of it because I haven't played it. I don't well, know anything about it. But I bought that uh, World's Fair 19-something. Everybody knows called? the world's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first, uh, no. my first, well, first I got to give a disclaimer as yeah. always. So when we're talking about what are we going to do for what about that? I'm like, well, let's just talk about, I mean, it's the whole Mansions of Madness. It's all this haunted, scary right. place. Yeah. Let's talk about haunted places. That'll right, be great. Let's do it. And I'm researching all of these haunted places and going, am I supposed to do the most haunted? Because like I'm reading these descriptions and going, nah. that sounds like. The pipe settling. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't sound haunted to me. You know, that sounds like the tree creaked right. on the building and oh, all cool. that can be explained. So I changed my, I just did the, they're not three like super haunted, but they're the three haunted places that I would most like to visit. Whoa. So you can take me to any one of them if you'd like sometime. No. Yeah? No. Yeah? All right, go. Okay. So my first one is the Queen Mary. This is a ship. It's a big, big boat. <laughs> um, the Queen Mary first sailed on May 27th in 1936. Not haunted, I, I assume. Not at that time. Okay. <laughs> no. Was its mission to pick up spirits and ghosts? No. It was just a luxury liner. <laughs> okay. And then World War II right. happened, and then they used it for other purposes, which I got bored with reading collecting about. Spirits. because Yes, that's when they started collecting the spirits. No. <laughs> um, but then it ended up being a luxury liner again, right. but then they were losing money because... Nobody cared, apparently. And so they just went ahead and docked it in Long Beach Harbor on December 9th, 1967. And it's just stayed there ever since. That's a long time. That's actually, yeah, it's a long time. Right. For a big boat. Sure. Um, but it is rated one of the 10 most haunted places in America by Time Magazine. They offer several different ghost tours. Uh, one of them's the daytime tour, and they 
show you some of it, the boat, but not a whole lot. Yeah, come on. But then they do their nighttime tours. And there's Suck like it up. Four, there's like four <laughs> different nighttime tours, but one tour promises that it's going to be different every <clears throat> night because it's led by a paranormal investigator. Oh, I thought you were going to say a real ghost. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he, he'll just kind of go wherever he thinks that, uh, you know, the spirits are more active, like he can... He, I don't, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm like a skeptic on all this stuff. So I don't believe that. He thinks that, uh, (laughs) you know, he says it, he'll just go wherever the powers seem more active Hmm. that night. So I'm thinking he better be really good at his job because it is $79 per guest. I'm going to tell you, one of his skills is probably holding up his hand like flat away from him and kind of like going, hold on a second. Let's go this way. The bathroom's down there. (laughs) I'm feeling energies by the water fountain. Shut up. (laughs) But anyhow, um, but then guess how much parking is? This is LA? Yeah. I'm just going to say it's $20. Probably. Yeah, about. There's like an $18 version, which is like for three hours. No, no, wait. That was a daily parking. There was an $18 daily parking. $22 if you're going to stay overnight, which if you're doing some of these nighttime ones... I think that's what you're considered. They raise the price for night parking. $27 if you want valet. Why would you pay $7 for someone else to park your car and then you have to tip him on top of it? So That's so weird. I mean... Tippity-top. I'm I'm going on a walking tour. Why wouldn't I just walk across the parking lot? You're crazy. Is it parked like... Is it like five miles away to park? If you pay for valet, he actually gives you a piggyback ride through the whole (laughs) tour. Okay, that I might pay $7 for. <laughs> Anyhow, it's really expensive, so I don't know that I could ever talk you into doing this one. Although it's, it sounds the most interesting. I'm sure there's clanks and bumps there's... and energies and auras. and. <laughs> but the, the supposed spirits include a murder victim in cabin B340. Ooh. Uh, a sailor who was killed in the engine room. Uh-oh. And at least 49 others who died during the ship's service as a luxury, luxury liner. The thing that makes me go, oh, wait a minute, is that they keep talking about these seeing these little girls like that were supposed drowned victims, but right. there's no actual like documentation on anyone ever drowning in the pool ever. Right. But that's like a feature on every single one of the ghost tours is this pool that no one ever drowned in. Heck yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be fun and spooky, but right. I still don't. I, 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 Look, I'm just bursting this haunted right, bubble. All right. All right. Well, I want no, to no, see no, this no. stuff. So if anybody, this is my <laughs> ultimate goal here. If anybody knows of any place that we should go to really see stuff, because I just don't. You relax. You you called for this You let segment, us know. I know. Buster. And then I got depressed because I'm like, no, that's that totally can be Come explained. On with, wait till you hear mine. Okay. Because you, you didn't investigate like I investigated. I. <clears throat> Nicole. I never do. I'm really bad at homework. Listen. I'm really good at tests. Reported on television and on print. TV? Oh, and print. Okay. The em- Must be true. I, I, I did this. The employees of the store are un- in unanimous agreement that the Toys R Us in Sunnydale, California is haunted. Are you kidding? Toys I, R Us? My first entry is a haunted game store. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the story starts decades earlier when much of the area was farmlands, including the area where the store itself was built. Once the farm hands, one of the farm hands fell in love with the orchard owner's daughter. At least it wasn't his 
cow or something. But she didn't return his feelings. Displeased by this, he took to chopping wood to ease his pain. You know, get that aggression out. And he accidentally chopped his foot. He couldn't get back to help, and he bled to death shortly afterwards. Ew. The farm hand now roams the aisles of Toys R Us right around the board games, Nicole. He seems content to just play with toys and mess with people. A common occurrence is a ball bouncing down an aisle or toys being out of place when the store opens in the morning. There's also instances of people walking into the bathrooms alone to find that someone turns the faucets on once they enter. But if you ask me, Nicole, I think that automatic faucets suck. (laughs) 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 That's the most haunted thing there. Right. Those faucets. Right. What do you think? So when I worked at Borders. This is a haunted bookstore story. This is completely off the rails. This is not scheduled. Everybody said that it was haunted (laughs) because originally that plot of land was a horse field. And down at the end where Target is, uh, they had a lake, like a little pond for the horses to drink from. Yes. And the pond they drained it. They filled it. And they filled they it. They built the target over the top oh, of it. Oh, the target. And then it sank like a week before the place was supposed to open and the floor fell through. Is that true? That's true. I didn't know that. So then they had to build that. They had to, That's why they kept delaying the opening of Target. Well, oh, down on my end at the... front door the whole time. <laughs> on my end, <laughs> at the opposite end of the shopping center was the Borders Bookstore. And that was where the horses that had, you know, drank from the fresh pond down at Target, were buried when they died, was underneath where Borders was. So they everybody claimed that Borders was haunted, and people, my employees actually would say that they had seen ghosts there. And, Ghost horses. No, not horses, but they just, I don't know. I don't know why the place was haunted by people when it was dead horses. I just know that for some reason over there in that calendar section that was right next to the bathrooms, every once in a while, I'd get like the whiff of manure. That actually, no, that's actually true. No, I'm joking. I said I was by the bathroom. I know it's true though, because like the sewer system would uh, dry out and we'd have to pour water down the, down the, down the vents. Nope. That was the the horses. That was spectral horses. Otherwise it did smell like poop. That was that was spectral horses. I know, but anyhow, well, that's, I'm well, just proving your my point. Second one, since you just stole a, I'm a third one. I'm just proving my point that sometimes it can be an expl- explanation, and well, it was dry pipes, so we had to. I, I need you to stop ruining the mood and go to your second one, please. <laughs> horses, the dead horses. <laughs> anyhow, okay, my second one is the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. So this is in San Jose, California. Is it in San Jose? We've got too much California going on here. I am a California this is three girl for three. at heart. Yeah, I know. And it's all sunny and bright and not the place <coughs> you would think that there would be hauntings. Um, you okay there? Keep going. Okay. So after the death, <laughs> death of her daughter and husband, Sarah Winchester consulted a Boston medium who told her she was being haunted by the spirits of those who had been slain by the rifles her family's fortune had been built upon. She advised Sarah to move west to avoid being the next victim and build a great house to appease the spirits. She said as long as construction on the house never ceased, that her life would not be in danger. So Sarah started constructing this house in the late 1800s, and the construction went on for nearly 38 years. Right. So at the time of her death in 1922... By ghost. The mansion... No. (laughs) 
<laughs> the mansion consisted of 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and right. six kitchens. Super cool. Yeah, I mean, the place looks like... I mean, you can take tours there, and that one, I didn't even look at the price because I don't care. I just want to go. Right. That one's really cool. I really want to go see it. The but Queen they... Mary is a bit of a whatever, but the Winchester house is a real tangible, crazy house. Oh, yeah. You know? She was nuts. I it's mean... It's not just like, hey, this she... ship's haunted. We swear it is. It looks just like a normal ship, but it's haunted. This is like a place that's just bonkers. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not because of spirits. Although, like, when the house quit being built, uh, like... It was like immediately that it quit being built. Like right. there's nails that are still like halfway out because the workers heard the news. Oh, she's she's gone. And they just stopped. They're like, well, we're not going to get paid anymore and left. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Well, heck yeah. But. <laughs> or are those nails pushed out by the spirits? Since the house. No, they were just left oh, there. But since the house. Uh-huh. It's not being built anymore. Oh. Is it the spirits that are there? They're all over. I don't know. It's just a really cool house. There you go. I, I think the Winchester the house is amazing. I'd like to go to that. Okay. That's, that's one I would definitely sign up for. Queen that's Mary, probably not. That's a Southern. Let me ask you a question, Nicole. What? Here comes my next one. Have you ever heard of Scuzzlebutt? I'm just kidding. Is that that breakfast thing that <laughs> no, they had at, at Waffle House? No, that's Scuttlebutt. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The next place I want to talk about is in Kansas City, because I love my city. Are we going to go there later today? I don't think so. Oh. This is, it's it's right here in Kansas City. It's called the Hotel Savoy. The Where's, Hotel Savoy. Is it downtown? Yes. It's a six-floor red-bricked building built in 1888 in a European-Italian Renaissance design. The lobby has 18-foot ceilings with Art Nouveau stained glass windows and hand-laid Italian tiles. Plans were in the works to bring it back, uh, back in business. Uh, the and the roof garden it has a roof garden and antique street lights done in copper, and the entire first floor is done all in stained glass. <laughs> it is the oldest continuing continuously operating hotel west of the Mississippi. But it's not operating right now. Right, it kind of went out. It was operating all the way up through the nineties. Well, was I mean, a, somebody else is going to take that title real soon. Well, it, it was a very fashionable place up through World War II. The hotel then became, became run down and fell into disrepair and finally turned into a flop house. In 91, a new or, owner began renovations, but today it is permanently closed. Rumors of incidents and sightings have been reported by the tenants throughout the history of the Savoy, such as September 1990. Apartment number 505, which had been re just recently renovated. Uh, yeah, that's Larry, when they released the body uh, out of the wall. So the, the tenant, Larry Freeman's bathroom, is where it happened. He had gotten, Why do all these stories have bathrooms involved? Look, he had gotten out of the shower bathtub, leaving the curtain open that hangs around the bathtub. He started brushing his teeth. He heard the water running in the shower behind him, and when he turned around, the curtain was wide open also. What the heck? What? It was closed. This happened three more times in, in succession. In between each incident, Larry would turn off the, fa the faucet and he would, he would close the curtain. Sorry. And then it would open back up again and the faucet would turn on. He did it three times. <laughs> You're he taking ran the scare out of this. Okay. He ran to the manager after the fourth time. The second incident also involved Larry's apartment. Involving a radio turning on and tuned to another station while Larry was out. 
The third. So this is an apartment? Yes. Not a... Okay, so you like rent the hotel by the month? It was in the 90s. Okay. Go ahead. The third was the so- the sound of his sliding door opened, opening, though closed and locked in the middle of the night. And this is all just Larry's Larry and Larry's apartment. So it, it could have been that Larry was crazy. I think so. But it's theorized that the ghost in Larry's 505 apartment could have been, according to Mrs. Barber, a longtime resident, a Betsy Ward, who was the lady who died in the in a bed from a heart attack. However... When the apartment 505 was renovated, a turn-of-the-century 32 caliber pistol was found sealed in the wall. Which offers another intriguing possibility that it could be something else haunting number 505. Well, how do you mix up a gunshot wound with a heart attack? I don't know. <laughs> There's one other thing. In late 1987, Reed Shaler, a young waiter who who lived on the third floor, while visiting a friend, Kathy, who worked at the lobby desk at her fourth floor apartment, he had visited from he had a visit from Miss Lightner, who lived across the hall from Kathy. She asked if she could borrow a cup of sugar. Can Since, I borrow some sugar? He's like, sure, I'll, I'll get it for you. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Kathy doesn't have it. Or actually, I don't, Kathy doesn't have any. I'll have to go down and get a cup from my apartment. I'll come back. He goes back up. Tunk, 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 tunk. Can I have some sugar now, please? Sure. Here's the sugar. By the way, I heard you talking to someone. Who are you talking to? He pushed the door open, and he saw a man standing right beside her wearing a 1930 double-breasted suit. The man was very gray and was in sort of an outline form. But could he could clearly be seen. The man then disappeared. Kathy, who was standing behind Reed, saw him too. That's my dead husband, Fred, said Mrs. Leitner. His name was Fred? Yes. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. Uh, why, he, why did you do the dishes I'm sorry. right before the Why podcast? does our thing beep constantly? Constantly, for like an hour. Uh, Reed would also come home from work and find cassettes and record albums that had already been put away, laid out in his bed like someone was trying to decide what to listen to. Also, during the night, it was extremely cold in his apartment. Every morning, he would he would lock his uh, closet. Uh, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just saying. It. And every oh yeah, he every morning he would lock his closet. When he came home, it would be unlocked. Every Sunday morning, in Catholic tradition, Reed Who would light candles. Uh, when he came back from church, the candles would be blown out. And it is theorized that Fred Leitner, the dead husband, took to liking Reed because he got his wife a cup of sugar and then came to visit him on the third floor. Hmm. So don't give sugar to neighbors because then their ghost husbands may no. haunt you. No! He'll blow out your candles. <laughs> Ruin your birthday party. What's your third one? this is at that hotel that we can't go to. Hotel Savoy. I don't think they do anything right now. It's closed down. I, I looked at I looked it up online and it said permanently closed. Can we drive by, drive by it? Yes. Okay, thank we you. We can do that much. I'll Gosh. let you step on the steps and see if you can bring Fred Leitner home. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take a cup of sugar? <laughs> Just leave it on the steps. Put it on the front step. Okay, I'm totally. You're so poetic. We're totally doing that. A Dixie cup. I'm not letting you take one of our good glasses. No, well, God no, those are expensive. <laughs> okay, so my last one right. is actually I I think the most potential for us to go to. Although you're never going to want to do yes. it. Um, the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Um. I didn't really, their, their website was not so, uh, 
ghost friendly and a lot more have a wedding here. So I didn't really see right. what year it was built up. It was like the 1800s on that one. Um, but a lot of people have died there, like a lot. And there's specifically eight different ghosts that they claim live there. Right. Like they narrow it down to eight different ones. Right. Um, and those include a little girl oh, who no. nobody was paying attention to her. That's the worst kind of girl. So she slipped through the fourth story banister <laughs> and fell to her death. Um, also there was a stone worker who fell from the roof when mm-hmm. they were building the hotel originally right. and fell into one of the hotel rooms that was not done being constructed. Okay. And both of those people are haunting the place. And of then, course. okay, back to borders. So one of my coworkers <laughs> at borders, <laughs> oh, we're back to that. He and his, uh, wife went there for their honeymoon. Right. Just to see the ghosts. And, and he said that the, saw he ghosts. said he saw the scariest thing he's ever seen. You'll never believe out in the it, Nicole, garden. In so, the garden, mm-hmm. it was just a specter. <laughs> That's the scariest <laughs> thing he's ever seen is a specter in the garden. Yeah. Oh. So I've never seen one. So I guess it might be a little. Uh, is creepy. that the end of your story right there? That's all I got. Jeez, let me bring you. But to... I think, but it's not that far <laughs> away. But we would need a hotel room because it's far enough away. Look, so we could stay there, right? I don't think but so. But it's going to be expensive. I don't think so. No? I'd like to go see the Winchester house. Well, I know, but that's like a huge trip. All right. What's your last one? You ready for this? I've been ready, and then we'll vote on the least <clears throat> least fun. For my last one, we go north into Canada. Dun, dun, dun. Not many ghost stories make their way south from Canada, but this one did. <clears throat> The last one is about the Keg Mansion. Keg Mansion? That's right, Keg Mansion. Did they make their fortune in beer? No. It was built in 1867, and in 1873, the Massey family moved in. Hart Massey sold farming equipment, and they were well off as a result, and his family lived in this house before it was a restaurant, and a lot of things happened here. Hart's Massey's daughter, Lily Massey, was sick and eventually died in this house. One of the maids hanged herself in the house. She couldn't take it. There was also, in tradition of all hauntings, a little boy who fell down the stairs and died not long ago. (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) Probably the most popular sighting is a little boy on the stairs. Hmm. The boy on the stairs is constantly seen by children who come to the restaurant, and the, the restaurant staff have to try to stop them from going upstairs to play with the boy. Weird. The restaurant staff have also claimed to see him. Well, yeah. Employees of the restaurant have repaired one of the banister spindles on the stairs several times since opening after it unexpectedly fell down onto the bar. They keep constantly finding it broken again for no reason, the same spindle, and they believe it has a connection to the death of the boy. Where in Canada is this? This is in Toronto. Oh, okay. The second most popular sighting is a creepy woman in the washroom upstairs. One report from a lady that had gone into the washroom, she could see a pair of feet in one of the stalls from underneath. The lady in question went into the stall beside it, and they said that the, the toilet, she said the toilet flushed and the, do- the door to the <laughs> stall opened at the same time, but no one actually came out of the other stall. Our she was suddenly by itself all the time. She was suddenly in the bathroom by herself. Okay. 
I think it has a reputation because of its age and its past and the fact that the family did live here. People from all walks of life believe that there's something going on and no one's ever been hurt in, in modern that day. Boy. Nothing truly bad happens, but there are so many sightings and experiences. Uh, recently, they had a woman from L.A. who studied Supernatural and requested to take a Supernatural stuff and took a tour. And she said when they were in the library that it had a very masculine dominant force and that it doesn't ap appreciate the presence of a woman in the room. And that made her hair stand up. That's because... <laughs> 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 so i'm just telling you this is this is funny this is a steakhouse now and mm. you could just go have dinner here delicious and and when i looked it up it's funny one of the main things that popped up was that there was some sort of like anti like or like some sort of PETA protest in the place because recently. it's a steakhouse yeah because it's like a yeah i guess i think it's just a famous steakhouse and they they said hey if we do something mean to this famous steakhouse then people will pay attention do you think it was staged so they could get more advertising for their hauntings? I don't think so. Probably not. But but if you don't mind, if you like steaks. I do like steaks. And you don't mind if they float a few inches above your plate. <laughs> you can check out the Keg Mansion in Toronto. Okay, so, <laughs> Jay, you have an assignment. <laughs> you got to go to the steakhouse. Whoa. And let us know if you see anything crazy. <laughs> Tell us if the mashed potatoes taste spectral <laughs> <laughs> there were lumps in the gravy all right nicole so what do you what do you vote as the least scary so we can have our five favorite uh, places i'm gonna say toys r us <laughs> i would too <laughs> i just yeah, had to have was... a haunted game store in there i can't even believe you found that what i did i did three good ones I, you did you did a very good job thank sweetheart. you i'll very take good. the loss on the toys r us okay yeah even though it's the only game store that i had on this i list. know we're terrible people we do a <laughs> gaming podcast and all we do is talk about other stuff well we we are ready to talk about something else now you should do a podcast about haunted things um no 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 so let me let me tell you this there what are, you are tell me? this is five great haunted places i think and, and it really makes your mind wander but when you many while many consider these places haunted, I truly believe the most haunted place is inside our own minds. Wow. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Strange, unexplained occurrences, weird creatures sighted, someone seen a week ago. What other reason do you need to explore the world of Lovecraft and Cthulhu? Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition is a game uh, released by Fantasy Flight for one to eight players. This is a fully cooperative horror investigation game. Each player assumes the role of one of several different unique investigators, each with their own backstory and abilities. After selecting your role, the, own, the uh, owner of the game will start an app on their digital device. Yeah, you heard me right, and get over it. Start the app. <laughs> Once inside the app... <laughs> 
<laughs> Select so which of mean. the five, which of the four scenarios with different differing story length and difficulty that you want to play. That's right. There's four of them in the base box. Next, select the investigators you you picked. Uh, you, you select those investigators that you picked inside the app, and it tells you what spells, common, and unique item cards you start with before giving you an, an introduction narration showing you the beginning tile to start on and how to populate it. Yes, the app acts as the game master for the session. Now, on your turn, you'll be allowed to do two actions. This could be move two spaces, search a, per a place of interest, talk to someone, or attack something. After selecting the action, by selecting it on the digital map, the app will prompt you how to resolve the action and the result of the action. That's right. The app will yes. prompt you on how to... Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the game is a series of dice checks. These are done by rolling as many dice as the value of the stat listed, uh, listed or selected by the app and listed on your character sheet. To succeed, you must roll an elder sign on these custom 10-sided die that provide a certain number of times... Uh, and you have to actually succeed a certain number of times or roll a certain number of symbols that is also listed by the app. But don't worry, there are, <laughs> there are ways to reduce failure, like losing, using uh, clue tokens to change your magnifying glasses to elder signs, or you could use an item from your inventory to roll extra dice or re-roll dice. This game plays out sort of like a puzzle story experience, sometimes with an unseen timer or enemies that grow more dangerous and numerous. Discovering the evidence, fending off evil, dabbling in forbidden magic, and struggling to simply survive is the fare on the menu. But if a single one of your investigator is killed, the game is lost. That's right. This game lost. has no doom track, no multiple deaths, no forgiving game master, and only the slightest chance of survival. Nicole, the wolves have grown silent despite the full moon. Something truly evil must be coming. I was going to howl, and then I realized they were going silent. Oh, oh. shut your wolf mouth. <laughs> what are you doing, howling, when I say they're silent? <laughs> you trying to get them going again? Yeah. God, I just got to sleep. You can do that. <laughs> you can just going. go out there and just go, oh, they'll just start up. Coyotes here. will. They're loons. <laughs> Nicole, this is second edition. Uh, the app is going to be running creepy sounds during this session. Uh, that in the in the background, and we need to set up our game and get this adventure underway. So oh, let's yeah. listen to this first clip. We're gonna play Escape from Innsmouth. So this says a shadow lies over Innsmouth while looking into mysterious happenings in the coastal town. You've run afoul of a powerful enemy. Can you survive the night? Uncover the truth. Most importantly, can you escape with your lives? <laughs> Select investigators. Matt, you're playing who? I am Carolyn Fern, the psychologist. Oh. Selected. What does it say on the back of her card? The whole story? I don't know. The story so far? Okay. Carolyn Fern dwells in the minds of others using a complex form of hip hypnosis. She studies the psychology of her patients through their dreams. Through this practice, she has seen and heard many disturbing things, but nothing prepared her for her most recent recent patient, Malachi. Forming Malachi. <laughs> he wants you too, Malachi. Oh. <laughs> he wants you too. Not even done reading. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Following one of their more vivid and troublesome discussions of his dreams, Malachi was brutally murdered. If that were not terrible enough, he was murdered with an ornate knife that he had described in one of his dreams. 
After hearing this news, Carolyn began reviewing her old notes concerning Malachi. Anxious to find some, clue, some kind of clue as to who he really was, her researches led her from one bizarre case to another, and yet she seems no closer to understanding why Malachi was murdered. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Brianna. Do I have anything to do with the story? Who are you playing? I am Vincent Lee the Doctor. Mm. Vincent Is the Doctor's last name? Vincent Lee sounds like a first name. It's Lee is name. his last name. Vincent Lee the Doctor. Yes. Also owner of a gene company. Son of Bruce. <laughs> um, Vincent Aww. Lee knows why people die. As a Yale graduate of medicine, he has become accustomed to knowing the conditions that inevitably lead to fatalities. However, since becoming a resident physician at St. Mary's Hospital in Arkham, he has seen far too many horrible and unexplained deaths, an elderly victim torn apart by unknown wild animals. A healthy young man (laughs) whose heart exploded without... I, I'm sorry. Indigestion? Yes, indigestion. A healthy young man whose heart exploded without identifiable cause. Their twisted faces haunt his dreams. As a man who finds comfort in having all the answers, Vincent begins to wonder if something sinister is afoot in this otherwise quiet Massachusetts town. Unable to continue his practice with the horror that he takes home every night, Vincent decides to take a sabbatical in order to investigate these strange deaths, even if it kills him. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole. All right, I have Kate Winthrop, the scientist. Uh, Very few of of Kate Winthrop's scientific colleagues even know her name. She is painfully shy, but nonetheless possessed of a powerfully focused scientific mind. Several years ago, she watched as her mentor was devoured by an unthinkable creature from another world. A weaker mind might have gone mad or dismissed the sight as a hallucination. But Kate knew with full clarity what she saw and has spent her time ever since studying the phenomena that caused the tragedy. The result of these studies is the flux stabilizer. Not a flux capacitor. Totally different. The device is still a work in progress, but she hopes to perfect a device that can permanently protect the world from the monstrosities that dwell in the worlds beyond. Kate is always eager to test the device or do more research at any place evidence of the supernatural may be found. The flux capacitor. I start with this uh, item at the start of my turn. I can move a monster within range up to one space. I control the dead and evil. I'm playing Rita Young, the athlete. Rita Young's story so far is she's always been good at running. Growing up in the South, she was well acquainted with forest and determination and knowing when to make herself scarce. When she came to Arkham to attend Miskatonic University on a track and field scholarship, she found things had not changed as much as she hoped. The creepy people chasing after her wore black robes, not white. But Rita ran all the same. (laughs) What? I think if people were chasing me in white robes, I'd probably run as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, In the South, if people are chasing you. Right, right. Especially in the South. Yeah. 
What? This sounds like a bad idea. Okay. When her roommate was attacked in the night while wearing Rita's jacket, Rita decided to do something about it. She started looking into the matter and found that the mysterious assailants were not part of the Ku Klux Klan. As she had assumed. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Now Rita eagerly what? pursues any chance to investigate the unknown and hidden cults that flourish right under the noses of the authorities. She is done running. You have the weirdest character by far. <laughs> I know, right? Rita's she's, amazing. She's, she's a little runner, and they attacked her for her, somebody because of her jacket? They attacked like, her roommate. Because of she her jacket. Her jacket. Was it the jacket from Back to the Future? Because they gave it away in an episode or an issue of uh, Tiger Beat when I was a teenager. She wanted it so it's, bad. Okay, it just I took wanted, a left turn right there. No, because it ties in with the flux capacitor. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. Uh-huh. We uh, start our scenario with the following items. This includes, includes the flux stabilizer. Each of us gets two clues. We get to choose who gets these things. Oh. We can we can basically get a trade phase right at the start of the game to decide who gets what gear. I'm just saying, flux stabilizer. I mean, that had to be some sort of Back to the Future reference. Seriously. But, well, here's the truth: is that that card is not exclusive the... to this. In fact, Kate Winthrop Wait. has showed up in every Arkham-based game they've so got. So, was there so far. a flux stabilizer in the Lovecraft books? <laughs> Maybe. No. Back to the Future stole it from them. There was not. The Flex Stabilizer in the original game, it appeared in Arkham Horror with Kate Winthrop, and it had the ability to stop gates from opening in the location of whoever was carrying the Flex Stabilizer. So there you go. Mm. Well, now that we've, uh, they, I mean, they've got pretty crazy backstories here. A uh, little bit of motivation there. We'll see if it, if it manifests in any way during the game. But now that we've introduced ourselves, we pass out some starting equipment. Uh, Nicole gets the Wither spell, which is an attack spell that sort of like enfeebles. I know, <laughs> enfeebles some some uh, creatures, and she also gets some brass knuckles because her fighting ability is pathetic. Thanks. Uh, Brianna gets a oil lamp, which is a light source. Which at this point we really don't even know what that's going to do, other than just light up an area. We don't know what the effects of darkness is. Uh, she gets some evidence, and she also gets a pocket watch, and this gives you extra moves on puzzles. Uh, Matt gets the old journal and an elder sign pendant that makes it so he can escape easier whenever he tries to get, a, get away from a monster or a creature or villain, you know, and then finally I take the King James Bible, which has the ability to, when you, if you take an action, you can read it and reduce how much horror you have, like basically bring sanity back to yourself. Uh, now we are editing out when the game narrator gives the story to save the experience for you because this, there's four narrations in this base game. Uh, just so you know, it was properly melodramatic and very ominous feeling. <laughs> <laughs> then we are plopped outside or plopped uh, inside of a hotel room on a tile. And here is the first turn. Who's going first? Who has the old journal? Yeah, he does. Should you take your turn first and interact with the old journal? Sure. Yeah. All right. So the old journal... What we have to do here, and I'll let you look at it. If we just go into our little thing, there's an old journal here. It says, <clears throat> you've tracked all of the evidence that you have managed to gather on the Marsh family. You can compile all the evidence you found into, uh, to see how close you are to proving your suspicions. If you find enough evidence, you might even be able to solve the mystery uh, here and now. Did you want to compile evidence? It'll be an action. This is all we I have. Uh, <laughs> That's all we have? 
All we have is an old journal right now. That's our evidence. Huh? Sure. Did you want you wanted to compile evidence? Sure, let's compile it. Okay. You still have a long way to go if you oh. plan to accuse the Marsh family of some maleficence. <laughs> uh, you need multiple pieces of, of evidence, so we won't count that as an action. That's ridiculous. That is dumb. Okay, so an action. It didn't say an action though. Oh, well, never mind. All right, so <coughs> Matt, what would you like to do first? There's um, someone trying to get into our door. I think it's this door. Yeah. And they were saying we could go out that door. We don't know what's past there. We know we've been through this area and the alley outside. I'll go this way. Okay, so we're gonna you're gonna go explore, right? Okay. Uh, so Nicole, you need to get bathroom tile. Behind the hotel, a cramped hallway you need leads to. With the, that? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mildew free. Uh, behind your hotel, a cramped hallway leads to the hotel's public bathroom. Place the bathroom tile as indicated and discard all explorer tokens leading to it. So that goes away. Uh, and end table sits in one of those rooms. In the corner of the hall, place a search token as indicated. That's it. And another explore token. Oh. Looks like a bathroom. Is that bathroom? Is there a hall with it? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Another explore token. All right. There you are. You may move one space into the explored area. So there's your token, token, and token. And it goes here. So did you want to go ahead and move into there? Sure. Okay. Here's your question mark that goes right there in the corner. So you can move into that room. It's in that room, yep. And you can still do one more action. That was one action. Um, I'll do whatever this question mark is. <laughs> so you're going to investigate this? Yeah. Okay, you're going to search that. So it says, an end table sits in the corner of the hallway, and you search it. You dig through the contents of the drawers, looking for anything out of place. You take a book test, your lore. So you roll the number of these red dice that equal your lore, and you try to roll little star symbols. What'd you get? Three investigations. Okay, now here's something you can do. If you want to, you can spend those clue tokens to make those into stars. It's up to you. That's a lot. Huh? That's a lot. What? To do? Turn them all into stars? You can turn one, one each. So one clue token. Many? You don't know. You have zero right now. I know, but I need how many? We don't know. It's a toss-up. It could be, it's, it's random. Like, if you really, really rifle through it great, then you find more than if you don't. But you don't get a second chance. This is, if you say zero, you'll probably, it'll probably like, it'll probably just tell you you didn't find anything. And it'll go away. Mm. Seems awfully early to be burning clue tokens to, up to you. It's up to you. More. You can get more? Yeah. When? Later. Just depends. Okay, sure, fine. You burn them both? Sure. Two of them. Okay. <laughs> you find an old piece of uh, paper at the top of one of the drawers. A strange script on it seems very out of place indeed. Gain the shriveling spell and then discard this search token. Okay, so here's your shriveling spell. Now these spells, there's like five copies of each. I don't know what's on the back. Don't flip them over until you cast them. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so that would be the end of Matt's turn. So the app really does populate the map tile for you. Yes. So you, it tells you this tile. Put this tile down, and it just says put a question mark here, put a lantern symbol here, and it kind of it, it put this person here. It tells you all that stuff for you. 
Uh, it doesn't tell you what any of them do, but just so you get a sense, the the little well, lantern I, tokens until are they in need a, to right <laughs> until you do something with it. So the uh, if you do an explore token, they usually will move you from one location to another or reveal more tiles. Uh, you use one of your two actions to explore every single time. And usually whenever you explore a new tile, you get to get a free move. So instead of moving two spaces, it's treated like a move action with a with part of half of the move being to open a door or go through a window or whatever you're doing. Um, the investigation markers are the little question marks, and they reveal like possible information about the story or clues or additional items. And you could hear uh, that right there... Uh, that Matt is trying to rifle through like this drawer and find stuff or whatever. And he has to have a certain number of successes to, to succeed or not. Right. Uh, and it will give you different results based on how many successes you have. Usually it'll say you have to use an action to do this and it'll give a little symbol, like this little circle with a light, this little lightning bolt in it on the app. And that means that you're using an action if you do this. Uh, however, you could hear that we, t we talked about his, uh, Looking at his journal, there's no little action symbol on any of the look at the journal stuff, so you don't have to use an action to do that. Right. And there's a lot of times when you go into these investigation spots where it's not necessarily going to use an action. Like if all you're doing is looking at a pair of boots on the floor, you don't need to use a whole action to, to look at a pair of boots. You just look at them. It's usually there's... pretty fair. Like if you're not going to get anything from, from what right. you do, it doesn't take away one of your actions right. to do it. Right. But if you get, if you get something, <clears throat> you know, if you, if you notice a note wrapped up inside the boot, then it would go ahead and right. take count that as an action. Possibly. You don't know that. It typically, might, it might just say typically. the boots have mud that you saw earlier outside, you know? Right. Right. But that's not a new clue. <clears throat> Right. That's um, just they're muddy. Most of them do require some sort of skill check against one of your stats, uh, and an undisclosed target number is always what it relates to. Right. The app doesn't ever tell you how many successes you're going for. So you, you have this kind of like uh, quandary that goes on about, you know, you have these clue tokens that can make these these hour, these uh, magnifying glasses into successes, and you're deciding whether or not to use them. And you're like, is one success enough? I don't know. I'm trying to... to break this lock or something, you know, <clears throat> um, you just simply roll the number of dice that matches your stats and you count the number of stars you rolled. And that's how many successes you have. The app lets you know the results. You actually tap how many successes you rolled. It'll say, you know, it'll say zero with a plus and minus next to it. And you just tap the plus until it says this many and say go. And it basically just spits like a bunch of text up about what actually happens. Right. So Matt has taken his turn. And only moments later, Brianna, on her first turn, causes a ruckus. Brianna, why don't you go next? Okay, so... Okay, so these these red ones, those are those are locks. Those are explorers, like places you can you can look into them. So there can be evidence in there that we need to find, there's, like there's even behind new, us. There's brand new areas and stuff, yes. Okay. And I don't know what these observation tokens are. I haven't interacted with one yet. Those okay. little like look. Well, I'll go this way and, <laughs> so and interact. This. Yeah, with that explorer. <gasps> okay. The wrong one. Nope. Sorry. Cancel. One second. You're going into the bathroom. Good call. <laughs> okay, you put your ear up to the door and you hear raspy breathing of someone on the other side trying to open the lock. You can say, who is there? You can throw open the door or you can barricade the door. What do you do? I think I would say, I think I would say who's there. 
That's what you would do? Yeah. What character are you again? I'm the I'm the doctor. Vincent? He's but he's like on he's like on the hunt to find answers. Vincent would say who is so I there. I think he wants to know who's there. Okay. Who is there? The rattling stops and there's a long pause, and then a gurgling voice responds. Outsider surrender to us. <laughs> do you want to throw the door open or barricade the door? Okay, so he said surrender to us. Right, in a gurgling voice. Which means that there's more than one something out there. Well, or that he represents a collective. Ooh. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> The heroes of kick-ass. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Okay, I feel like... Feel like what? That's my Yoda quote for the day. Chicken tonight, no. <laughs> Chicken That's tonight. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he should just go... For, I mean, we need to get that area investigated, so I feel like he should just fling the door open. Vincent throws the door open the pain. You put your shoulder into the door and send it flying open. Make a strength check to see how powerfully you do it. Okay, four. You don't have to use the dice tower, but it's so much fun. I got two, two stars. stars. Okay, did you have any other things that you want to try to use? Um, I can't see where you want your roll. It's like, well, it's two of them are blank. Okay, then you don't get anything. Just two. One, two. Ready? Oh, the door flies open, slamming into the person on the other side. He reels back as the figure recovers. You can see from his sallow skin and large, unblinking eyes that he's one of the locals. Discard this explorer to token and spawn a deep one hybrid as indicated. And he happens to be one of those thug-looking guys with the fisherman sweaters on right by your hand. Right by your hand. Other hand. Other hand. Oh, this hand. Yep. Oh, deep one hybrid. Yep. Okay. So he goes into <laughs> here into that space and uh, he is now in there uh, the local clutches his face and you notice blood streaming from his nose and forehead the deep one hybrid suffers damage equal to your test results which is two hey. he only has six hit points so you did pretty good there you may move one space into there if you'd like Is does that mean that he would attack me uh, on or the enemy phase, he would. On the enemy phase, he would. Don't worry, I'm going to athletically whip his butt. <laughs> Run circles right around. I don't think okay. I'm really going to do that, for real. <laughs> so that would be my second... <laughs> going to attack My you. second action would be to move in there with him? No, that, that would be part of the explore action. You get to move into the space you explored into. Okay. Could have just attack him right now and get him down. Right, because you have more. a second. Yeah, you have a second action. You okay. Do that. Well, then yeah, I'll do that. Oh, so yes. you go. You are this person. You're, Vincent is. He's a doctor. Vincent steps into the room with the deep one hybrid, and you're going to attack him. Yeah. Okay, so we go here to the monster drawer where he's at, and we're going to do an attack. And you are attacking him with a heavy bladed firearm spell or unarmed. Uh, I guess it would be unarmed because all I, I have is a light, a lamp, and a pocket watch. Unarmed. <laughs> Your foe swings at you, and you manage to catch its arm. Uh, you press hard, forcing it, forcing it against the joint. You have to make a strength check and succeed with, and get one success. Okay. Vincent's pretty tough. He's not messing around. Yeah. He's right in the store mount. Can you show him your watch and say, do you know what time it is? Pain train time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I oh got goodness. three. Three successes. and an investigation. If you pass, the joint get, gives with a crack, and the, and the arm falls limply to the side. The monster suffers three <sighs> damage. <sighs> so you got three more points of damage. He's still clinging on to one. That's awesome. Good job. <laughs> Good job. So these are really close to what the first edition feels like. The first edition, if you recall, you had like, uh, you still had, you know, blunted objects, bladed right. objects, and unarmed. And you were constant or enraged too, didn't you? Yeah. And you were always doing, you were always like, in this, in, in that case though, remember they had monster types and you were drawing cards and seeing if that, whatever type of weapon you had re- reference was referenced on the card. And you would have to turn over like three or four cards in a row to get to the one you wanted. Right. Well, in this case, you just tell the app, I'm using this and it just goes into the randomized, you know, results or randomized ways that this can go out, you know. Which is nice. Right. It's yeah. way easier than that, that first edition, but you still we kind all know of... card shuffling is not one of your favorite things to do. No, I, I'm a little, you know, obsessive about it. But the... Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I shuffle too much. But the uh, it still has that sort of bladed, uh, heavy... It does bladed, heavy, and uh, spell, is I think, and unarmed. So it does those four variances. I thought there was a couple more on there, but... I don't know. I don't think so. I think that was it. But anyways, it, it it does it does still tell you, you know, kind of reference whatever it is you're using to kind of at least make it feel, you know, script-wise, like you're attacking it with whatever you're attacking it with. Right. Now, in a strange twist, though, they, whereas the other part of the app, when you do skill checks, doesn't tell you what result it's going for, because they must have more than one one result, you know, that happens. This one tells you exactly how many you need to to you know to achieve you right. know, a success, and it does spill all the information on the page at once. Like you get the entire ta- attack card, what the results are, and everything like that. And so, as the person reading it, you're trying to kind of not read ahead, you know. Right. But Brianna starts this first fight, and uh, <clears throat> I go up running up after her and athletically kick its butt right afterwards. And we get another clue. We get the cult sigil falls to the floor, and uh, we talk about picking up in this game, I think. Uh, whenever you pick up stuff in this game, you uh, you have to do a, what's called a trade action. It's something else you can do, which is if you're in a space with another person, you can trade items with them, and it's basically like you waste your turn going through your inventory. Mm-hmm. And that does include picking stuff up off the ground. So it takes one full action to pick up something that dropped on the ground. Now, Nicole, you usher in the first mythos phase, so let's see how that goes. All right, Nicole, it's probably your turn now because I used both my actions. You moved and you acted. Yep, I moved and I acted. You're okay. up here in this in this room right here. Where do you, what do you want to do? Did you want to check out that question mark or move I thought around? We did that already. I did mm. one. There's still one in that room. Right, he did one in the other room. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Is that what you want to do? Yeah, why not? Okay. A dingy window looks out over the docks. Did you want to search that? Sure. Okay, so you look out the window. Great. Everybody else is working. <laughs> you struggle to see through the dense fog, but you believe there. Uh, you believe you see a small fishing boat out in the bay. As long as the captain of that boat is not in leagues with the locals, that could be your ticket out of this town. You will need to find a way to contact the boat. Gain one clue. Oh, ho, 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 and then discard this search token. Did you see her get a clue, Matt? Did you see her get a clue? That's how she done. Okay, you can move two spaces, and that's pretty much all you have left you can do. What do you want to do? Run around? 
I guess, do I, should I move into the bathroom or something? Can I go into the bathroom? Uh, you can't explore. You can just move in there. Oh. Because you can move two spaces. You could also move right here. I, well, I want to pick up that thingy, though. Or the, you the sigil? Oh, I don't know. Eventually. Okay, just move me two spaces, then. To right here? Sure. Okay. See how everybody leaves me? <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the bathroom, you guys. Go ahead without me. <laughs> I know, we'll give you your space. Okay, this this has started the mythos phase. The stars revolve around the center of the universe, infinite in its unawful and unstoppable motion. No immediate effect. Whoa. We just got a pass. We got a pass. All right, so, I mean, this is an example of getting clue tokens. You look down a window, they give you a little information about what's going on, they give you a clue token, and they just kind of come to you by investigating things. Right. Um, and we'll take it. I mean, why not? <laughs> uh, the amount of actions really only allows you to move a little and do one thing each turn for the most part. I mean, you get True. two actions. One is to move up to two spaces and the other one, you know, you can move again, so you can move like four spaces in one round. But then that's all you get to do. Right. And if and if you're, you know, you kind of want to put yourself in these areas that have more than one thing you can investigate, so you can investigate twice or whatever, because truly moving is not satisfying in that game. It's not. You know, you, you need to investigate. Right. And, At and, least and once. Of course, luckily, my character can move three spaces in this game, in a, and I that's probably like the best part about her. Right. You know? But yeah, that's it. Always makes you feel like you didn't quite do enough every turn. That the way it balances out, you're like, ugh, two spaces, and I get to do that one thing. And if I don't succeed on it, I don't get to try again until next turn. And <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of how it feels for yeah. me. I don't know. Uh, Matt goes to the bathroom in the game, <laughs> <laughs> and he reads a newspaper. Reads a newspaper. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> but he finds circumstantial evidence in this uh, in the in the bathroom on the newspaper. In the newspaper, <laughs> uh, we skipped that that clip. But <laughs> uh, Nicole moves outside, and she actually steals a key from a passed out drunk man. What? I, I just mean, wanted to help. I'm just, just telling you. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there that anybody want to know a glimpse into the character of Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. Uh, I move to a nearby building and I find a puzzle, like a, some sort of puzzle box, and I start working on it. It's it, and it looks like a uh, a picture, and I'm moving like it's like a sliding puzzle with a photo on it, and I'm trying to move these photos around. Uh, and at the end of this round, this actually happens. You hear the sound of approaching voices outside the hotel. A small mob of shambling locals is beginning to gather. They shout words of some indecipherable language at the hotel. Something tells you that they are here for you. Discard the sight token to the south of the, of the street, too, and spawn a riot, as indicated. This is the Innsmouth mob. It does not activate this round. Did I need to do that <coughs> rule thing, too, since I'm in the... I think it's this way. ...the room? You're not in the room. I'm, well, he's in, in the, he's in the bathroom, technically. Nobody's right. in the room room. So. It specified his name, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. More Sorry. people from the town continue to join the ever-growing mob. Fighting so many people would be would uh, prove difficult. You had better evade them. So there's a mob. Each investigator must roll a horror check against the monsters within the range, the highest horror rating. So you need to get a mob, which is the ones with like a bunch of people on it. Yeah. So that's now down here. That's Riot. Maybe that's yeah, not. Riot. Okay. 
Yeah, it was a riot. Did you say mom or riot? It says riot. Okay, so that goes there. Uh, so each investigator must take a horror check against the monster within range with the highest horror rating. After all horror checks have been resolved, tap the end phase. So within range, one, two, three is not me. One, two, three is not either one of you either. Nicole's the only one who has to take a horror check. Aww. What do I have to roll? Uh, you have to roll your will. We'll do it real quick. They'll tell you. First of all, a horror check. Several members of the mob stare blankly into space for a moment before rejoining the ruckus. Suffer three face-down horror. Your will check minus one will negate them. Huh. So I get two. You only have a willpower of two? Oh, it's minus one. Nicole's in trouble. At the start of my turn, move a monster within range up to one space. That's not the start of my turn, dang it. Okay, you can convert that. You can convert it to a second one if you want. Okay, so I got two successes. Okay. There you go. What happens? (laughs) Okay, you suffered one face down horror, is all you got from it, because you negated two of them. You just keep it. Um if you suffer two or more, you feel compelled to join them yourself. You move one space towards them. Well, you didn't. You suffered one. Okay. Okay? That's the what end do, of the horror does check. does come into effect? Uh, it doesn't. Right now, it's just face down. It's just like a sanity damage. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we got a horrible mob down here that's being a jerk, and it didn't activate this turn, but it's south of us. Okay? And they're basically saying, if we don't get out of here soon, we're in trouble. So a mob starts storming through the town (laughs) and we get to start taking horror checks. And this is something we hadn't dealt with because that, that hybrid guy was killed before the mythos phase started. Um, The wills, basically every, everybody has a will stat. Your, your two main like things that keep you standing are your will and your, and your health points. Right. Right. And I don't know what they, if they balance between a, an actual total, but they're, you know, everybody has varying stats. Like, you know, someone who's highly educated has like a usually like and and less physical person usually has a higher will, you know, or something like that. Or I don't know. Right. They kind of vary from person to person based on what their background is. Yeah. And typically, the more <laughs> strength you have, the more health right. you have, and the more book smarts you have, the more will uh, sanity you have. Right. Now, in this game, if you lose all your health, you you, you die. Right, right. But if you lose all your will, you go nuts. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, we're taking these these uh, these tests. And in this case, the app tells you you have... It's sort of like an attack again. It's just, you know, it's going to tell you you need to succeed this many times or else this much bad stuff happens to you. It right. usually tells you the damage and you reduce it by making successful will checks. Right. Um, <clears throat> and this is like every turn... Any monster within two spaces, whatever the most difficult monster, the most horrifying is the one you're going to pay attention to and have to take even worse checks. And you have to actually specify which monster the app is. This is one of those kind of hard parts of the app where you have to actually select the monster that's near someone. And the app's not going to know this because the app does not track monster locations. No. It gives you monster rules of movement like this guy moves towards the investigator with the highest willpower. This one moves towards the investigator with the most items or whatever, you know, and it'll just say these random things like that and it'll move two spaces. Right, but it doesn't like actually you. track what you're doing. I mean, you still, right. it's not like, I think if it did that, you could almost play the game without the board and right. just have the app. And I don't think that's ever, that was ever the intent. Right. So the app does not take over the board no. game completely. You're still having, you're still having to relay information into this, into this app that's on the board in front of you. Right. 
Um, Brianna then comes uh, to work on my puzzle, <clears throat> and I finish it off, gaining the missing link unique item, uh, also known as more evidence for the investigation. Matt goes to the boathouse on the dock, and Nicole goes uh, runs goes to a rundown snack shack on the dock and finds a locked box requiring a key that we don't have. Uh, nothing other, no other significant thing happens during the enemy phase, and I begin my next turn by exploring too far. There's alley corner one. The area is filled with the stoop. Sallow-skinned locals that have been hunting you. Place the Innsmouth mob as indicated. So that's this again? I think so. Mm-hmm. And where are we putting them? Right next to me. That didn't work out very well. <laughs> a stack of several crates. Place a search token as indicated. It's like all the way at the other end of the entire alley. <coughs> A figure peers into the alley from a door leading to the adjacent block. Place the person token as indicated. What the heck is those person tokens? It's a dog token. Right there. There's Billy. Oh, Billy. Okay. Uh, another door leads it to a tower that stretches high above the rest of the nearby buildings. Place an explore token as indicated. And here's another place to look at. Uh, the alley opens up to the street in front of the hotel. Place a site token as indicated. This is not good. I really messed up, guys. Yeah. I don't know how tough that guy is either. 84. What? <laughs> Holy cow. So all we had to do was not contact the mob. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 84. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to run away. I wish I could. So this mob that, that appeared earlier disappeared like out of sight of the map. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, we never went, we haven't played it a second time, so I don't know if it, it was just walking around the block I or what it was doing. I think they were just walking around the block. I think they had a set path. But because we hadn't but we didn't know. revealed anything, the mob wasn't really taking actions. And I just basically walked up and brought it into play earlier than, than it could have been. Uh, but now it's reappeared. And uh, just so you get a sense, the first enemy we fought was no slouch, and he had six hit points. Yeah. And the game tells you how many hit points the monster has, as opposed to the first edition where the monsters had hit points on the bottom of their bases that you would reference. The game tells you how much, how many hit points any of these have. And that means that every one of these miniatures in the box can be drastically different stat wise and, and result wise than what you would, you know, normally, normally be static, right? you know, in the original game. So that, that adds like a little bit of variability to it. And in this case, this riot which is like an over it's a cool base it's an oversized base with like three figurines on it that's something i should mention real quick just so just before we start you have to glue all these characters to the bases they're not they're not, they come separate Does from it the base come bases. with glue no 
<laughs> but this, this, uh, in this case, these guys have 84 hit points, and it truly is laughable to does think it, that you would fight that. So you're obviously not supposed to fight them. Does it say on the box it requires glue? I never looked. We need to look for that. I'm a hobby gamer. I have that, glue. Oh, it, it might change my opinion. <laughs> That'll oh, yeah. drop you a whole point, not giving me glue and not telling me you need it. But I think the chances, <laughs> I think the chances of us like actually fighting an eighty-four point mob and defeating them is hilarious. I should just start the app, get the mob going, and defeat them and see what happens. I would laugh you just can't. to see what would happen. You can't. Uh, but obviously, you're not supposed to fight these people, and this is just this sort of undefeatable enemy that's going to be around and cause problems. Right. Um, so that's that's what happens with the mob. And now Brianna, at this point, meets an interesting person. Is there a door? Can I get go that way? Yeah. Because I could go one, two, and then try to get that guy to let me in. All right, you do. The grumpy old man in the alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to say who's in there? Yeah. He's breathing behind the heavy door. <clears throat> Go away, I don't want any trouble. And you say, can I help you? Now he wants a handshake agreement. Okay. What do you got? And that's the influence? Yeah. Yes. So four. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Do a good job, do a good job. I have two. two. Did you want a third one or just two? Um. Do you have any clue tokens? I do. Did you roll clues? Yeah, I, ro- I, sure. I rolled one, so I could, yeah, go ahead and do three. After another moment of silence, the door opens a crack and a man with a sunken, fearful eye stares out at you. You are not from Innsmouth. The man's eyes light up with a sudden hope. Listen closely. (laughs) Discard this explore token and place a person token as indicated. This is Agent Craven. Mm. Wow. Here he is. Uh, my name is Craven, and I'm an agent with the FBI. My partner and I were sent to Innsmouth, but he was taken away by the locals. The agent <laughs> hope seems to have, seems to fade as you tell him that his partner has been killed. I called for an extraction, but with the locals so riled up, I did not know how to contact the boat. My gun is in the in the hotel room, but my partner had the key when he went missing. Oh, perfect. Nice. Okay. Well, so well, so you know where a gun is. The townsfolk are looking for me. If you find a way to contact the boat. Uh, give my captain, the captain my badge number. The man pushes a crumpled piece of paper into your hand. Come back here when you have contacted him. Come back here? Are you crazy? There's 84 people about to murder me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, that's it. That's all our turns. So here we go. Let's see what no, happens to me. Go. You didn't go, Matt cancel. Didn't go. Matt. Cancel. So I mean, this is this is this kind of. I, I left this in. This is this is a bit spoilery, but I doubt it. Really, it's not going to spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> You kind of like the clues in this game do a pretty good job of building on top of each other. And we're like referencing because we know this, we're talking to this guy more than we would have in other words, you know. So we've discovered something else which gives makes him give better information, which he gives information about other items and and ways for us to get out and all kinds of stuff can happen. And it's based on when you do things in what order, how it plays out. There's like this kind of complex matrix of, of what 
results you get right. in each area based on what you've already done. So it's it's really pretty well designed in that way. Um, so this we're we're you know. In our abbreviated version, you probably can't quite put all of it together like we are, but you can hear that we're putting stuff together. Uh, the next enemy phase, the mob actually sets fire to the streets and continues around the map, like marches, you know, absolutely going counterclockwise. We found that the map is sort of a, a uh, you know, donut-shaped street around a hotel, mm, you know? And uh, it's a circular thing. And the mob sets fires and starts mat- marching around counterclockwise around this map. Um, I get dragged by the, ma- the mob because it appeared on top of me whenever I was exploring last turn and attacked. And I survive with only minor scratches. And the next mythos phase, the fire spreads and the mob moves and spawns a maniac out of the mob to fight us. And I lead off the next turn on fire and chase off a child. And Matt, Matt, and Matt decides to cast the first game spell. So let's listen to what a spell sounds like. Wait a minute. I don't know. I can't do this. I guess I gotta fight this guy. You can run up there and fight his face. Did you? What, you said you can cast that spell at him. Yeah. What is it? Speaking the arcane words causes boils and burns to appear on your enemy's flesh. You gonna do it? How far do I have to be from it? You're in range. It's a ranged attack, oh, so, so you can be within there. three. Right. Okay. Maniac. Attack. And you're doing it with a spell, right? Yep. You begin the recitation, but stumble when you reach the final verse. You scour your memory for the remaining words, and a thousand voices fill your head, in your mind in reply. Roll a will check. Two. Two successes. If you pass, you do something cool. If you don't, I bet it sucks. He needs the other. It's right there. there. Oh. I can't see it. (laughs) Here we go. You got four. If you pass, you manage to isolate your own voice amidst the din and uh, trust trust it to guide you. The monster suffers damage equal to the spell's damage plus your test result. So how much was your test result? Five, four. Four Four plus three is seven. I thought it was two. This is a three. three. Oh my god, that's so much. You kill him. Move him out of there. That's awesome. Now here's the problem: when you do a spell, you have to flip the spell over. What does it say? Your enemy's flesh ripples and peels open. The monster suffers one additional damage, then (laughs) suffer one face down horror. Then discard this card and gain another shriveling spell. Okay, there's that one. <clears throat> and you get another shriveling spell, which would be this one. And this goes back into the pile of shrivelers. So this spells are risky, but I mean, he, he did, what, seven or eight damage? I mean, that's huge. And yeah. all he got was a face-down horror card. Right, Now which that's something good. something that this is uh, This game deals a lot with double-sided cards. Okay, so whenever, like, for instance, whenever you get a spell card, it just tells you that every spell card has the same face, and it'll just say whatever spell it is. But on the back, there's a variety of different effects that happen. And, I mean, I, th- I think there's, like, probably yeah. six or seven of each card. Usually, each spell. yeah. So you don't know exactly what you're getting, and I'm supposed to be shuffling these and giving you a different one every single time, and I do. Um, the other thing that you deal with... Uh, face down face up is the horror card face down when i say it comes in face down one side is just like a brain like the symbol on there this is this horror card okay if it comes in face up 
you're going to get that horror damage, which goes against your willpower stat, but you're also going to get some other terrible effect on the front of the card. And I'll play a clip here in a little bit that, that kind of gives just how dynamic that can change things. But ultimately, face down means you're just taking a hit to your will and you're not, nothing else bad is technically happening. Right. Uh, right after Matt's turn, though, a fish creature comes out of the sea and attacks him. So let's hear what happens. The deep one moves two spaces towards the nearest investigator, which is Matt. Uh, it does move into a fire space, so it takes one point of damage for doing that. Okay, then it attacks the investigator in the space of the lowest strength, which it's you. Growling and hissing, the deep one attacks you with swipes, savage swipes of its webbed claws. You suffer three damage, you get a strength plus one to negate. Your strength is four, then. You gonna win this? You're going to negate it all. You got, you got this. Negation. No. You, you negated nothing. You, you don't even have any... Okay, you take three damage. Now, this is what's terrible. This is the first time we're going to have to suffer damage like this. Every one of these comes at you face up, because it doesn't say face down. Oh, seriously? Okay. So here's your first one. What does that say? Uh, old injuries. You avoid the worst of it, but you aggravate an older injury. Resolve immediately. Flip, flip one other damage face up, then discard You don't have any other... Uh, face-ups, so you discard this. Okay, here's your next one. Broken arm. Your arm is useless and every movement sends needles of pain down your side. Keep face-up. If you ever have more than two items, drop all but two of your items. So I have one right now, right? Okay. Okay, here's your last one. Lightheaded, your vision swims. You worry that you are hurt much worse than it appears. Resolve immediately. Flip one horror face up, then flip this card face down. Okay, you flip one of your horrors face up and deci- just decide which one and oh, do the effect. The yep. Paranoia. You find yourself imagining all the ways your friends could hurt you. Keep face up. Oh, Whenever no. you end your turn within range of another investigator, flip one horror face up. But you can, as an action, get rid of them, right? Here's what I'm worried about right now, is that the fire's spreading through town, and there's no way we can contain it. Well, this has a a whatchamacallit in it, though. But what does the fire extinguisher do? I don't know. Discard all fire in your space and all adjacent spaces. Oh, yeah. that would help. Mm Mm-hmm. But once it gets out of control, I don't know. You'd have to run in the middle of a bunch of fire and go, we extinguish everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we continue. That was terrible, Matt. I'm sorry. Right. Now, I, I'm, I didn't play the clip that did it, but I mean, just like a turn or two ago, I was talking about how the game seemed like it was way easier than the practice game that I played half of just to kind of get the rules enough that we could play it. And things have got really rough fast. The mob has continued setting the streets on fire. The fire just spreads. And the mob has continued marching around, but the fire is just spreading right behind it, you know. Matt's crippled now. Mentally, he, he doesn't trust any of us. And he has a broken arm, so he can't carry any carry much stuff either. And the fire has gotten uh, so overwhelming that we've actually run out of fire tokens uh, to use. And we... It's just bad stuff is just becoming like way overwhelming and we're scrambling around trying to do this investigation and we begin to get desperate in this next clip. All right, here's the deal. 
Matt, we need to look at your old journal and see if we have enough data. Maybe we can just end this. Maybe mm. we have enough evidence can already. Can we do that? I don't know. We didn't have any evidence before. Now we have a whole lot of evidence. Yeah. Did you want to try that? I didn't know we could. That's an option? It's said, well, it said that at the start. I don't know. There's no rule book that I've read that says that. Thing. Well, no, it just said you could. We still have it. Maybe you can do it again. I thought that was whenever you. Well, like read if the I go to time. like if I go to our inventory items, it's still there. Yeah. I can compile evidence. Okay. Did you want to do that? Sure. Let's just. That's an action, right? It doesn't say it's an action. You are convinced the Marsh family is guilty of some monstrous crime, but you can't quite prove it. You only need one or two more pieces of evidence. Great. So we're not we're not ready to beat it yet. Quite there. Matt, search that area and see what's going on. So yeah, this is another thing the app tracks. Like in the in the other game, as the game master, you would have something it would say something like the the players have to have at least this many pieces of evidence before you reveal this this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And the app is tracking that right now. <clears throat> we never got enough See, evidence. See, and I never even realized that that was going on in the first one. I didn't realize you had to keep track of the evidence that we had, which, I mean, it makes sense. It wouldn't sense, have changed but... how we were playing, though. Right, right. But, I mean, you being the dungeon master in the first, first oh, edition. I'm, it was a lot of work. Yeah, I had no idea. You do such a good job, baby. No, I don't. I you don't. do. Now, the app tracks that. It's just another thing the app is tracking for us, like letting us know how far along we've come. And we become convinced that an unexplored location that is covered in fire is where the final clue has to be. So I go after a fire extinguisher. Brianna uses a radio to call for help. And then things kind of go south. A dark projectile hurtles into me, knocking me off balance. Rita Young suffers three damage, take a strength minus one to negate. I then become dazed and stunned. Why not? This game just ripped us off, just so you know. Even if I negate all of it, I still become dazed and stunned. That's ridiculous. I did two of them, and I can get rid of one of them like that. So there we go. That's all three of them. Okay, who's Dazed and Stunned? It's in the stupid condition deck. Oh my god, I can't believe it. That's a bunch of baloney. Yeah, they, I just got the fire extinguisher, so they perfectly dazed and stunned me. It's ridiculous. Dazed and stunned. Just so you know, dazed. Cannot spend clue tokens or convert dice results at the end of your turn to get rid of that, but stunned means I can only do one action. Mm. That's the one that's ridiculous. That was total hogwash. The reason that is hogwash is this. We just spent five minutes prior to that moment coming up with the plans on how we could possibly scrape out a win in this game. Because we know the end is near. involved you being able to move. <laughs> and, and integral to the success is me moving with the fire extinguisher. Yeah. Okay? Uh, time check at this point, too, just so you know, is about three hours. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about where we're at. Okay. Uh, and we're kind of, we're going down fast. I'm not going to lie. And the next mythos goes like this. Out of sight, a strange buzzing machine comes to life, carrying it out its dark purpose. Each investigator flips one damage and one horror face up and becomes dazed. Oh my goodness. So none of us can Let now... have any damage. None of us can now use... Uh, our tokens to help us now. And you have to flip up one horror and one damage. So I'll just flip this one up. Oh great, I just broke my leg. 
If you move more than a single space as part of a move action, you flip a damage face up. That's now happened. And my horror is probably awful too. Drop two random items, then flip this card face down. So I drop my fire extinguisher. <gasps> oh, I don't crap. have two random items. Crap, crap, crap. I have a flesh horrible. I have I have to drop two random items, but what are what are considered items? Like, like any of this? Case on the back. So officially, I can't move and more than a space, and I can't. Yeah, no. this, is, like this, this is insane. This I thought you got rid of the dazed after one turn. Oh, then you got another one, didn't you? Right. I don't have my puzzle watch anymore. So and that then was I a, flip that. Yeah. And you said you said a wound and and <coughs> the. What were you getting rid of something for? That was my thing. Did you have like? A I had it. I had something like that too. Okay. Mine was just a minor shot. So we so we so, do one of each, right? That's it. One of each. <laughs> oh, good. I also have to get rid of a clue. It's unbelievable. All right, everybody done? Yeah. Okay. All right. Probably should have trimmed that in the clip a little bit, but... <laughs> Doesn't matter. But the point is, is the game... Not only is it like stunning me and making it so I can't move, but then it makes me drop my whole inventory. Then it breaks my it. leg, yeah. and then it's just it's it's like the whole the whole thing just saved up for the moment that we needed it not to do that to us. Like right. really, really badly needed it not to it. I mean, it's just well, yeah. I mean, our whole plan was pretty much involving you and Brianna getting stuff done, and both of you were the ones that took the brunt. Like I didn't take anything i had right. minor damage which just means you have minor damage right it it, back over. And, and the thing is, is there's no way for the game to know that i have the fire extinguisher right it, it has know. no idea it's yeah. just randomly assigning damage to me over and over and over again you know just suddenly out of the blue like this character is going to get just beat up over and over again and i know it's random i know it's a coin toss every turn whether someone's going to get the damage or not but you're not good at coin tosses <clears throat> terrible at <laughs> terrible so I'm pretty sure it can't get much worse from here. Let's see if it does. Uh, my last horror check on me. Uh, you recognize faces in the mob, good honest people. Uh, how could such evil lurk in the hearts of people? Suffer three face down. My will check will, will get rid of it, which is a four. And I get three, potentially. I get two, and that drives me insane. Yep. two. Because there were three, and I only got one success. Oh. So, I'll have to figure out what that means. So, I, I think I'm going to get rid of all these now. I know that I read it earlier. I get rid of all these, and I get the insanity card. So, I've now gone insane. That's great. Actually, I have to suffer all three of those, sorry, face up. It said three horror, not face down, right? Yeah. Become restrained. Then discard this card. Ooh, wait. I'm not insane. I just am in restrained and burning alive and not able to move and dazed and broken legged and this was just insane, okay? How how do I get so bad luck all of a sudden? Yeah. Like I, I go, we have one shot here. I'll take the big run. Sudden shock, drop two random items. You can't, because I don't have anything left to drop. And become stunned, then discard this card. So I'm actually only at three horror, but I'm stunned. 
too. Stunned, restrained, and dazed. All in one turn. Okay? Alright. Amazing, right? Alright. It can get worse, I found out. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But you didn't go completely insane, which is insane. No, no. Um... And I don't know if we do we I don't know if I talk about insane in this game. So insane is kind of a weird thing because you uh, when you go insane, you lose all the horror damage that you have right now. You right. basically you go you discard all of it unless it says you know unless it says stays in play even if insane, which some cards do. So you remove but that's rare. you remove all these cards and basically at that point it becomes a bit like Dead of Winter in a regard that you have all of a sudden a new way that you're supposed to win the game. Right. And sometimes it's like your character is supposed to die, you know, and they still win. Now, remember, if your character dies, even if insane, the rest of the group loses. So it's like you commit suicide right at the last second before they win the game because everybody gets one more player turn. So you're like, wait, 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 I want to lead off this turn. I jump into the fire and kill myself. It's like that. That's like possibly one of them. Which means everybody's going to be pretty mad at you. Right. Sometimes you have to carry all the evidence. Some, I mean, there's just a variety of, of insane things. And they're like, they're a condition card. And you kind of shuffle them up. And you look at the card to make sure that the number of players you're playing with is, is what's represented on the card. And then you just become, have a secret motive now. Yeah. Um, and I don't think at this point it's a mystery to the listeners how the game turns out. But we'll play the finale anyways. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to put up a fire and do a puzzle box, I guess. Okay, so you have to roll a fire. You fire. I have to do your agility check or you'll die. Put up the fire. Put up the fire. Agility? Agility check, yes. You need one success to put up the fire. I don't put up the fire. Okay, you take a damage and you die. We lost. So we have till the end of this turn to win the game. Brianna, you have to win the game for us because Nicole and I have gone already. Okay. Go ahead. So, so here's I have to can do. I, I have to move away? In here, investigator eliminated. It just basically tells me when I, when whenever we end this phase, whenever the investigator turn ends, we're done. Um, what do I have to do to get away? Because I'm thinking I should just move away from them. You and do an get evade check. The... Did you want to do an evade? Yeah, to, to get to the guy. All right, let's do an evade. This is this mob over here, and we're going to evade. Wake up the drunken sorcerer. No, he's going to go. Over, she's going to go no, over the, the other guy. Of the craven. <laughs> Rough hands grab you and drag you into the air, where you are carried along by many hands of the crowd. You have to roll an agility with a check of three. That's not even possible. You know I have I? an agility of two. All right, you're going to lose Fail. this. So, if you fail, you are carried into the heart of the mob where lunacy and violence reign. Suffer two damage and forfeit your action. Oh, that <laughs> suck. Okay, well, that worked well. Sorry, guys. I'm with the mob now. You could do it again, but you're, you still have one more thing. Well, no, I said lose your action. The action you were on. You, don't, oh. you basically don't move. So, you can still try and move away. It's just... You're so on fire but too. Then, but then you took we're a point of damage anyways. for being on fire too. Okay. Because you didn't actually leave the space. But then, um, I, all I would be able to do is move. I wouldn't actually be able to communicate with the guy. Yeah. So, so, so we're over. done. Are we? 
You're gonna fight just it go out. Just go for it. Just you do want it. me to just, just try, try, just to try. You want to okay, evade try again? Try to evade. <laughs> Play it out to the bitter, bitter end. There's, there's two no... members of the riot attempt to hold you down while another tries to kick you. Take do an agility two test. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> do a good job, Brianna. Ah. That one didn't fall through. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. Yes. I did it. <laughs> okay. If you pass, you trip one of the men and escape. So you move out to here. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Now, this is the end of the turn, and Matt's dead. It says, if an investigator is eliminated, the game ends at the end of the next investigator phase, which is what this is. At the end of the investigator phase, press the end game button. No spoilers for you, listeners. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we celebrate the little things once, you, once you've lost? <laughs> yes, I made a check. It's so exciting. It doesn't change anything, but woohoo! <laughs> Go me! So this game clocked in at about three and a half hours. Yes. And I'm going to say that the editing part was a little rough, but the playing part was not rough. No. I had a really good time. Absolutely. And we actually had a good enough time that Matt immediately wanted to play it again and scheduled a, a a game day with us, and we played the six-hour-long mission. We did not record that. <laughs> we did not. No way. We didn't do it, but it was totally worth it. I had a blast playing the six-hour uh, one, and we actually won that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot uh, bigger investigation in that one, too. There was, a, there was like a point in that one where they actually ask you, what's your answer? You've gathered these clues. What's your answer? Who did it? Yeah. Who's guilty? Yeah. And and that's that's the end, you know, the penultimate moment is this, you know, did you get it right or not? Do you know what's going on or not? Yeah, that was cool. That, it, was, <laughs> it was fun. Well, um, then you and I played it again, too. Right. We played the shortest one, and we won that one, too. Mm-hmm. So right now our record is two wins, one loss. And you guys got to hear the loss. Ha <laughs> ha, sorry. Now, I've gone back <laughs> in, and we actually, this is something cool the, the uh, game does. The app will integrate your 1.0 materials. So if you have Mansions of Madness, first edition, and, and if you have the, uh, the Wilderness one, the Call of the Wild, or the uh, Forbidden Alchemy expansion... It will add both those in as well. Mm -hmm. And it will take the tiles and the monsters and investigators from those expansions and add them into the app. And it will add them into the gameplay as well. <laughs> like, for instance, uh, in one of our uh, showdown fights, it, it had like a witch. And a witch is from, you know, like Forbidden Alchemy or something like that. Or no, it's from the, the Wilderness one. It had like, a, uh, like one of these weird half goat, half lady figurines too that was in there i <laughs> the can't remember goat. what she called lady goat you know <laughs> <laughs> right the uh but it, it adds that stuff in it adds it, it adds a, the tiles not as much but the actual the uh company sense though has released all the tiles and figurines from the first edition stuff in the form of two expansions and now you can actually tell it i have these two expansions as well and it'll it updated and they added in two more adventures so now if you have just by having first edition and second edition now i actually have six missions that we can do and they're varying difficulty they tell you how long they take approximately and that's pretty accurate surprisingly yeah and uh, it tells you uh, how difficult it's going to be and i think those are pretty accurate as well 
Word is right now that they're working on an expansion that's supposed to come out in January that's going to add like three more missions. You know, not mm-hmm. very many more figurines and stuff, but a, like a couple tiles and a, a couple more figurines, a couple monsters, and like three more missions, which is really cool. I mean, I, I, missions are what's going to make or break this game. Okay. Now, one thing I'd say about this is it, it's, it's comparable in formula, but not in execution to Time Stories, a game that we did not like at all. Wait, what? It's comparable in formula, but not in execution to Time Stories, because it is a set story. This, these stories, I've gone back in, the story itself is the same. Right. You're playing the same, but the difference is, is the location of certain stuff will change a little bit. The tile layout, there's, a, there's varying tile layouts. So it's not necessarily the same map. So it does change where, where stuff is, what tiles are available. But the base idea is still there every time. The same characters are there. I haven't found out if it if in that six-hour game, for instance, if, if it changed where the clues lead you. I don't know that. That would make that way better, but I don't know if it does that or not. Hmm. So basically, you get you can play them again. It does vary it a little bit, and by having different monsters pop in, I mean, they really do drag them randomly from the other stuff and say, this is comparable. We'll use this in there, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know how much it varies it, truly. I do know that looking back at this experience that you and I were talking during some of the clips we were playing, and I can't remember where the clues were. And what they what they exactly actually did, and what we were even looking for to finish this at this point. Right. Well, it's been a while. Right, and, and it's only been what's well, been like a month. Not it's even been, that. It's like a month and a half. I don't know. It? No, it's been like one month since we played it. I don't think so. I disagree. You're wrong, though. Okay, well then. <laughs> it was it was the Sunday after our vacation. Was it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I thought we played it on like Labor Day or something. No. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so it's only been like a month, and, and I, I can't remember many details about this. So this thing, I mean, obviously you're not going to play it day in, day out, you know, in, but I mean, I think I spreading think it out at all. I think most games are like that if you own more than a couple. <laughs> right. Another thing that's a big difference here is that there's, the, the, between this and Time Stories, is there's a lot of like character fun. management, and there's a lot more detail to your characters, you know, that you can have. And there's a lot more variability of what you're going to find and what you're going to have on you and who's going to have what at what time. And, you know, there's just enough chaos in there to make it interesting. Yeah. Whereas Time Stories really has no chaos. Yeah, I would not even compare this at all. Like, not even a little bit. Right. Other and, than and, to say, yep, there's a set story. Well, and, and I'm going to tell you that these stories play out with a higher detail more depth and more feeling, more atmosphere. Well, and, yeah, the music alone is... Right, more atmosphere, more depth, and and just as detailed puzzles as Time Stories. And if I was to buy Time Stories the game and three expansions, that's the base game of, of Mansions of Madness. So think about it. Time Stories is a $60 game, and it's $20 per expansion. I'm at $120. I'm over the price, and all I've got is some stupid stickered pegs and a, and a, and a tarot car, and some tarot cards, you know? Tarot cards. That's what they are. They're tarot-sized cards. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is, this is place very similar to it, but it's like so 
much better done. It's stunning to me that Time Stories has that place when this game is out. I don't know. This game is amazing, so I don't care what you say. So what I you... love this game. I didn't like Time Stories, what but do you... I don't even... Well, what do you like about this game? Go. Uh, Let's get this wrapped up. I like the music in the app. You like the app music? I do. It's it's ambiance. Do, but do, I've always do, been a fan... Do, 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 do. I always like the, the flying frog games with the soundtracks that get played. Right. So, I mean... This one wasn't that. bad. I got real tired of that piano thing I just sang. It got it you, got yeah, really boring got by the end of it, but, but the uh, but it didn't bother me. What what I liked about the sound effects on it was every once in a while there was a random one that related to your action. Like in the yeah. clip earlier, you could hear the door thud open when Brianna busted through the door, and it's like that's amazing. That's so refreshing that's to have fun. that. Yeah, now, <sighs> you can turn off the music in the app though, can't you? I think you can have sound effects and no music. Right. So I would probably recommend I think you, that. You can probably turn both off if you really. Well, we ran it last to, time with no sound that? at all. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You were mad. I know. Yeah. Meow. Okay. What else do you like? Um, I like the uh, the way that the tiles come out, but that's like the same in the first edition. No, the first edition is a giant map laid out on the board on the table before you even start, Was populated it? with cards all over it. If you recall, I thought you added stuff. No, if you recall oh, that first edition, I had to build this stupid game ready to play, and it took 30 to 40 minutes for me to put that game on the table and say, okay, I've got all my ducks in a row. Oh, I just realized what I was thinking of. I was thinking Start. of Betrayal. That's different. Never mind. Yeah, nope. you're right. It was like, yeah. It's the most over-set-up game ever. Yeah. It's so much set-up. I hate it. Yeah, this you do. You literally just start in a room, and so, I mean, the exploration is is right. immense. And no cards on the table. In the In the last game, they had cards on the table that were what you would search, and you had to go through the deck. You'd make these little mini stacks, like four cards in a row, and the, you had to deal with each card in order. Right. So the top one would be the locked door that needs key number two. Do you have key number two? Okay, you get past the locked door. Once you go inside there, now it's this. You know, now you see this. I do remember that, yeah. You know? I like that you get to actually play with us on this. Right. I because... like the fact that it's fully cooperative. It yeah. got rid of the D, the game master in that last one because it because was a Because you never were going to get the experience that we were getting of oh, that game. Because it's a nightmare. none of us were ever going to take the time to be the master of the game. Right. It just wasn't going to happen ever. Right. So if you're the owner of that game, you never were ever <clears throat> going to get to play it as a player. You were just the... Puppet master. Right. And period. I, I said on the podcast that the first edition, we tried to play it several times last year. We were going to feature Mansions of Madness first edition in Halloween last year. We recorded it three times and every single game was a flop. Yeah. Like we didn't like how they turned out. People were not having fun. They were three different missions, too. But it's crazy because there were so many aspects we were enjoying for the game that made us want to play it again. It had so much potential. Right, because we had played it before where it was gloriously successful. Right. And then we played it all these other times, and it's and it just like, like oh, it was so flat, you yeah. know? Yeah. So we didn't get it. And I'm sitting here looking up on my shelves at this box of stuff, these boxes, because I got two boxes of stuff, and I'm just like... I don't know if I have the energy to pull that out and try to make it through it again. Right. And then, now this comes along and says, oh, no, no, no. Don't throw all that stuff away. Use that. Right. We know it was bad. We apologize. Here's some stuff. They didn't know stuff. it was bad. They just knew it wasn't. Well, I'm just saying. It, they, 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 they fixed it. They fixed it. They fixed every broken piece. Right. 
And I, that, I love that about this game. Yes. Uh, I like that it's it's a dungeon crawl, but it's not typical dungeon crawl either. Well, it's, we, we're partial to the haunted house and Right, but every scary. dungeon crawl you have is like you walk in and you're a superhero and you get bigger super weapons and bigger super armors and you kill tons of enemies. And this is not that at all. You still You still retain that vulnerable feel where you can suffer a broken arm or you can suffer a broken leg or now you don't trust people all of a sudden because of some evidence you found. You know <laughs> so what I mean? It's, funny. <laughs> there's all this little nuance that happens in this that you don't find in a lot of it, like adventure games like this. Right. That that's just makes these horror games, specifically these these uh, you know, Arkham horror kind of series games by Fantasy Flight very unique and fun and, and bring a humanity to them that these other games lack. Right. You know, I never I never feel like a human when I'm playing a Dungeons and Dragons type game. I'm a superhero. I'm, I'm, you know, a demigod almost. I always like to be the one that gets to just chop everything down. Right. I don't want to shoot the arrows. Once again, look into the mind of Nicole. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what do you dislike about this? Um, at some point, it was really difficult to find the right tile. Like, the the app was saying, find, you know attic one or something it wasn't attic but it was like a alleyway and there was a, there were like six or seven different alleyways and i could not find the right one i had to go through the entire stack twice because right. they're double-sided and because we have the expansions and because we have the first one that it was a little overwhelming of how many there were right which i mean is cool but i wish there were a better way to to organize them and and have that app kind of tell you well in advance these are the ones you should have prepared what i did wrong though is i mixed all the like size tiles from both from all the sets together and that made it way worse whenever i pulled out all the stuff that that was in the new box mm -hmm. it completely changed how difficult that was to find because they were using 95 percent of what they were using or 90 percent of what they were using was from the new game and then if if you know if it was from the new game it would show like a little symbol on the actual game like this is from this set it was showing me that. Yeah. So, but I didn't know all the symbols for the old stuff. So obviously, I, I, I just was like, once I can, could split them, because it, it adds almost like everything from the first series is almost doubled by the second release. Yeah. As far as tiles go. Well, I'm just saying, it could give you like a little right. checklist at the beginning or something. It wouldn't be that big a deal. You could use it or not use it, depending on how you felt. <clears throat> right. Um, I wish one of the things I, I dislike is that the stories are very limited and I wish that they had sort of an unlimited version like story where it really just scrambled up everything dramatically. What do you mean? Like I would like it if they if they made like one where I could just play it every time and maybe it's the same story, but it was really mixed up, you know, like just come up with like some sort of formulaic generic investigation this is just, you know, called The Haunt, you know, and you show up to a mansion and it mixes a bunch of stuff up and there's some big boss at the end and you just adventure through it. Just like a generic adventure thing. There's no generic adventure in here. You've got to play one of these stories that you've already seen and you have to play it if you want to play the game. Well, I don't see how that would be any less repetitive. Because uh, I'm just saying, if you did it more generically, you could really, really scramble it up. There's no, like, there's no unlimited play version of this so you're saying like with this particular one we start in the hotel right. and we end up on the dock at some point and right and that's if we never play it again change. if we play it again we will be in that hotel right that's not going to change 
And I'm sure there's a path around the hotel, and I'm sure the map tiles lead you around, lead that path out. And I'm sure, at the most, they're just going to change where the, the certain locations versus, are. You know, yeah. just flip a couple tiles here and there. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't played it enough yet to determine right how it's going to do that. Granted, so. I mean, it, this is this is a problem for someone who's going to play this game. Over you know, and over and right, over. You know, 30 times in one month. Like, right. I'm going to play this every night for one month and see what happens. Well, you're going to get bored. Yeah. You know? Well, that's any game, though. That's what I'm saying. Is that they, I feel like they could have had, like, sort of an unlimited vert, like unlimited exploration mode kind of thing, you know? Because that's always the favorite part is, is the discovery. Right. Discovery is, yeah, that's what... <clears throat> I agree with that. Right. And at this point, I mean, like I said, they've released two expansions. Uh, still, we've played... So now there's six six of them, and we've already played three of the six. I would say financially, though, they're doing it the smart way for right. them. Because right. every time they, they release new expansions, guess who's going to be buying them? We are. Right. And I, I see, I, that's the thing, is I don't think that, uh, I don't think adding just a couple of random monsters or changing a tile here and there quite randomizes it enough. But it seems but like the they're supporting will. it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what else don't you like about this? Don't look at my notes. Well, I can't. They're right there in front of me. Don't look at them. Look no, at me. I don't, and I don't even agree with that one, so... I don't, I don't know. That's... Okay, well, then we'll continue with what I don't like. Okay. The quality <laughs> of the plastic has been downgraded since the first edition. If you look at the miniatures in the first games, there's so much detail, and the lines are so sharp, and this just looks like... It almost... It's just... It's kind of sloppy. The lines aren't sharp. There's there's no crisp crispness to it. It's just kind of lumpy-looking figs. Um, they're just, they're like every corner and every edge is smooth and it doesn't look sharp like a real person would. We had this trouble with a different game too. The uh, figures that are out there, they're supposed to be individuals to match the character cards. Right. You can't tell who's who half the time. Like oh, it that... got changed. <laughs> I hate that. It drives me nuts. That's uh, in this game a little bit. That's in Definitely. this game. Yeah. Uh, it's also in um, Touch of Evil. Touch of oh, Evil, yeah. I've got like 20 characters that we can play. And you can never figure out and, who's and who. And there's like, there's quite but a this few one was, of them you can This one was tell. really bad because we had two figs <laughs> that were looked exactly the same. And then we ha- had a character that we could not figure out who who she was. All right. this the, My last complaint about the game is, is trivial. Uh, this is a role-playing game in a box to a certain extent. You have a character. You have an adventure. You have a backstory. We read our backstories. Nothing, nothing that happens in our backstory has any relevance to the game at all. So you wish that they had individual... That, that I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it, that would be a little That'd more... That would be kind of cool. That would be a little more work, but I think that they, there could be moments where something relates to your character's backstory. Whenever you play a role-playing game, uh-huh. when you're a player... You should write a backstory on the game session one when you're doing character creations and you hand it to the guy who's going to be running the game because he's going to look at that later on and reference it and bring in story elements that are important to your character. You basically hand him the part of the story and say, we're doing this story together. Here's the part I've written so far. Mm-hmm. And that changes the dynamic of the game and it changes, you know, because now all the groups had input and everybody's part of the story now. So your interest goes up, the game becomes more dynamic, and why give me a backstory if it has no relevance to the game at all? That's true. That's that's what always bugs me about these games, is that so they for... always tell this story about you that goes nowhere. So for future expansions, develop storylines that, I mean, they can tell who's playing. It asks you at the beginning which characters are playing. Right. Like, wouldn't it blow your mind if Kate ran into some some relative, distant relative of hers or something like that? 
in the middle of the game. And it's like, this is Kate's cousin. This is the flux. Yeah. Whatever it was. (laughs) This is, this is the person who, you know, originally came up with the flux capacitor. (laughs) What is that thing called? Doc Brown shows up. What is that thing called? Stabilizer. Stabilizer. Doggone it. Okay. (laughs) But what if Doc Brown shows up in a DeLorean in the middle of the game and and goes, I've developed the flux capacitor. It's It's way better. Marty, it's way better. I'm just kidding. Good grief. But I'm saying that those they, they always have these in there and they never go anywhere. That's true. And yeah, that would be that, that would be amazing. That would be a huge leap. And you have that opportunity with an app to easily do that, to integrate it in somehow. But of course, every character you release is a retrograde. You have to go back and write in characters. But I'm just saying it would it would make it so much more important that you're playing a character well, because they could, they could actually release the storylines for each of the individual characters right. too though and just you know you're playing Rita so let's get the story behind her right story. it would take it and everybody from being, else could play too it would take your character from just being their powers to being a person to being a, an individual well it could really enhance it for a single player game too right like if you're if it's just your character's right. story yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that. I can agree with that. I'm just saying. That, I don't dislike that, that at right now. I don't really care one way or the other, but I could see where that is a definite opportunity right. that they're missing. But that's a nitpicking thing that I could apply to so many board game adventure right, games. Right, yeah. All right, so uh, how difficult is this to teach to a non-gamer? I don't think it's very hard. <laughs> it's I mean, not. the app really talks you through the whole thing, and as right. far as, you know, okay, you're testing this symbol against, look at your card, there's that symbol. What is What right. numbers it got? Three? Okay, you're going to roll three dice. I'm, How I'm hard absolutely that? confident that I could teach this to my mother and be playing it within 15 minutes. Yeah. That's another thing i got to mention about a like. This sets up in like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Not 40. Right. It's so fast. It's it the fastest adventure game setup I've ever seen with this level of depth. Because you're looking for the tiles as the right. game progresses, not having to have them all done in, in the beginning. Right. Uh, so. I think I, it's I, like a two I on would difficulty. Say a two. I'd say Whereas a two. the original, the first edition. Right. On difficulty. Uh-huh. For the players isn't very hard, but for the, for the person who's going to actually run the game, I'd say it's a five. Well, yeah, There's I mean, I mean, running much. this game, running this game is a two. Playing the game is a two. Running the game in the other one was a five. And playing, <laughs> playing the, game the game was, was a three. Like three. Yeah. So, so they, they've made it so much more accessible and I think deeper. Yeah. They've, they've allowed everyone to kind of enjoy this and, and then given this atmosphere. So what would you give this as a rating? Five. Yeah. Five. This is so five. It's, it's unbelievable. So five. Yeah. The fact that, okay, we, we... Obviously, Fred is in that busy time of year where games are few and far between, mm-hmm. and we've already played this three times. Right. I mean, that's insane. Right. So, yeah, five. Look, I'm going to go to a controversial level with this. You're going to go to a 10? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. No, it's five. I'm going to say... Don't say five and a half. No, 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 no. Okay. No. I... God, I want to say I like it more than Touch of Evil. Oh, my goodness. At this current moment, at this point, now this could change back. No, taxi backsies. No, I mean, I, I can, I've had a number one that I can make a number two. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm not talking about going to the bathroom either. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, at, at this point, I would rather play this than Touch of Evil, and I think I like it more. But we'll see Whoa. how supportive it changes that or not. I still like Touch of Evil's setting just a little bit more, but this is like, 
This is very much like Touch of Evil in feel. And it's so easy. And so I, I can I could seriously say we're going to play this game. In 10 minutes, we'd be playing the game. I would love to see this app given a reskin and not be Cthulhu, not be Arkham, and see what they did with it in different themes. Like you could do well, an alien one. You could do... Look, you can gloss over that I just said this is my favorite game of all time, but, but then I'm, you not, could do, I'm not going to do that. No, but then you could do <laughs> your little colonial area Salem witch hunt theme. It'd be cool, right? Oh. Can you imagine Touch of Evil with the with the integration? I of mean, this if game? Flying Frog's listening, I mean, seriously, <laughs> take hard note of this app and, cool. and make Touch of Evil 2.0 and do this. Well, there wasn't a reason on that one. Oh. You don't have to have a dungeon master. You can actually all play together. Right, so. right. But the cards, like all the location cards, I'm so, I'm, I'm seriously tired of that in games. The location decks, I, God, it's a pain in the butt. I wish shuffling. they could app integrate that kind of stuff. I really yeah. do. There's a lot of cards in that game. You're right. right. Yeah, I can see that. So while I still love Touch of Evil, I think that right now, I think this is my favorite game of all time. You're digging the whole apps. I thing. just, oh my God, it's so awesome. Keep Let's keep the board, but get rid of the cards is what you're saying? Mildly, yeah. The worst part about these adventure games is they, they plop these cards all over the place and they're like shuffle 20 decks. Yeah. And when you go to this location, you get to read the card on top. I'd love it so much more if I just went to a location and said, you're exploring this place? Yup. And it goes, here's what happens. Yeah. You know, that's so much better for me. So anyways, hmm. there you go, Nicole. That is it. And guess what? What? That is the end of our episode. And I got to tell you, <laughs> the ritual is finished. And we have summoned Tabcast 46 to doom all aboard gaming. Now, the only way to survive this catastrophe is to visit our website and click the <laughs> forums button in the top left. That is a secret passageway that leads to our guild. Once you're there, join like-minded individuals in fighting to make Tabcast better. <laughs> also, like our Facebook or our Instagram, Talk About Board Games, or follow our Twitter, at TA Board Games. Now, in two weeks, we are going to dig our way out of the rubble and release our first episode in this Elder God-controlled world and establish new trades with others when we play the game Harbor. You ask the boy for help. Oh, my God, I'm so terrible. You know how I asked him for help? Hey, stupid. You want, you want to help me? Ugh. I changed one of them into a su success. The boy shakes his head and slams the door. Come on! He's gone. I'm the worst. Get rid of that person. He's done. Oh, he's done? He oh, left. No. I tried. I'm so... I'm just a stupid athletic thug. My turn's <laughs> over. Rita, come on. <laughs>